0: I would like to interrupt our regular programming to tell you that I've just been informed that Japan McDonald's has just come out with a dessert called adult cream pie. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my God, that works on so many levels. And it is literally, by the looks of things, a pastry with cream inside that oozes out, and one of them is vanilla.
1: <laughs> oh, God, please don't tell me the other one yeah, is don't... chocolate because ew. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ew. <laughs> welcome back to my listen guys a monthly podcast about bbc's merlin where we talk about the show the ships the fandom the characters and all kinds of things my name is momotastic and i'm miss Snowfox. and today we come back to you to talk about drumroll fan art and for this we have three whole guests not half a guest no not two and a half guests three whole guests i count as half a guest because i don't draw so I'm you're I'm rocks you're a, a host. host so we today we come to you with one and a half hosts and three whole yeah. guests <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm only half a house host so now we're so one, we one host and three guests
0: yeah we're <laughs> one
1: whole host and three whole guests which means we're back to our regular number of four people max per episode <laughs> see how we solve our problems anyway math Our whole guests are, first of all, Academy Award winner Amphigori, back again.
2: Always a pleasure. Thanks,
1: guys. (laughs) (laughs) Music expert extraordinaire, Alto Cello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And for the very first time, Photoshop sorceress, Brolin's Keep. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) So as you can hear, guys, we have three extremely talented artists and artist connoisseurs, uh, art connoisseurs, on this podcast for you today. But before we get to talk to all of them, let's hear some news. The Merlin RPF Promptacular Fest of 2020 has begun. You can leave prompts for real-person fan works about the Merlin cast members until Saturday, the 25th of January. All characters, pairings, tropes, ratings, etc. are welcome. Check out Merlin RPF on Life Journal or Dream Myth for more information. The Merthyr Glomfest sign-ups have closed, but you might still be eligible to be a Glomper, so head on over to Merthyr Glomfest on Tumblr to check their flowchart and FAQ to find out more about the rules of this Merthyr centric event. January is Fanwork Comment Writing Month, so go forth and leave comments on all the fanworks you look at this month, and maybe it will help you get in the habit of doing it for the remaining 11 months of the year, too. Reblogging art on Tumblr is also a great way to show you support if you're too shy to leave comments on AO3. And that has been it for news. So, let's go straight into our talk back. This week's comment is from Archaeologist D, who commented on our episode review of Beauty and the Beast Part 2. I don't know why I said this in French. Probably to antagonize the English, of which no one is one on this podcast, because Rox doesn't count. She's Polish. Woo! Okay, so, RHD says, I love this episode with the comedy. It was pretty hilarious. Plus I love Arthur telling Martha telling (laughs) Martha (laughs) Rodin's lap. Oh my god. Plus I love Arthur telling Merlin to escape and how Arthur looks so devastated about it. Yeah, we love a good Bradley sad face, don't we?
0: Yes. And just we love Arthur being the good version, like he actually between like kind of the once and future queen and beauty and the bee and like even up to the sins of the father and kind of beyond at the end of the lady of the lake i'd argue definitely like soft arthur that is in touch with merlin's feelings and cares and like you know literally runs to his chambers to put his own safety at risk to get merlin out of camelot who then just like instead of actually being incognito just looks over his shoulder once or twice <laughs> and like leaves but yeah i i absolutely love that moment it's one of my favorites and i love that it's in the episode So i agree diane yeah. and then she says
1: merlin shoving the armor behind the furniture was classic always makes me laugh i bet colin had great fun with it however we have seen merlin doing chores before washing the floor folding clothes and putting it in the armor. That scene with Sigan in the stall where he falls asleep in the dung, which means he was dealing with horses, bringing him food, doesn't mean he's good at it, though. So, okay, I think that Merlin is mostly adequate at some chores, but doesn't excel at them. And I think he only puts minimum effort into it when he knows he can get away with it. I like to headcanon that in uh, front of visiting nobles, etc, he does a better job because it's about authors and Camelot's rep- reputation. But when it's just them, he basically goes fuck it. <laughs> so that's that's my head cannon. And in that scene with the with the armor shoving in the corner, um, Merlin hasn't been around to do any of his chores for a while. So he probably thinks to just get rid of the biggest, most obvious messes. Maybe even with the intention to clean it up properly later, and he just never gets around to it afterwards,
0: probably. I mean, he's very relatable in that way, just in general. But I do like, just based off of what you just said, I am a bit kind of like, okay, Merlin's been gone for like two days, maybe, maybe a day max. And we haven't seen Arthur wearing armor at all in Beauty and the Beast so far. He's just been in his kind of like regular clothes. And so that armor must have been there for a while, which makes me think Merlin was just neglecting to put it away in general and to avoid the awkward conversation that Arthur and Gaius were having and kind of being implicated in, you know, poisoning the prince. Mm -hmm. He just kind of was in the background doing bits and pieces and then decided, oh, yeah, I'll just dump this here and make it look like I'm doing something. (laughs) But, yeah. Um, Are you familiar with the Sherry Bobbins episode
3: of The Simpsons?
1: Oh, yeah, I am.
3: That that Cut Every Corner song? I feel like that's probably Merlin's theme song. (laughs) Yeah. Also, I love you, Archde. Keep commenting. I love you.
0: Aww. <laughs> I, I literally look forward to Diane's comments so much. <laughs> I mean, she's going to be on
1: the next episode. Spoiler. I was going to say that I think that Arthur did probably use that armor because I think it's, I mean, to me at least, it was always implied that he has, like, a routine every day where he trains with the knights every day or at least every other day. So I would assume that even while an evil troll disguised as a beautiful lady is taking over his father's heart and the rest of Camelot, he still adheres to this routine and goes to training. And so he wears his armor, or at least parts of his armor.
0: That's true. I guess, yeah, we have been... Uh, yeah, like, he would be doing drills and stuff, so I guess just because we didn't see them doesn't mean they're not there, but, yeah. yeah, that's a good point Yeah. Yeah.
4: Oh, he's so helpless without Merlin that he doesn't do his tools.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, what you mean his... Oh, yeah, so he doesn't do his training. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who's
1: going to help him get into the armor, right?
4: Yeah, we've seen that guy is a useless at it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and there's clearly no other servants in Camelot who could possibly do it. (laughs) I mean, George doesn't get hired until much later, so. He can't even put
3: on his own shirt.
1: Yeah. So then Diane says to close out this comment, as for Arthur withdrawing from the hug, I think he was going for a half hug, arm around the shoulder, but not the full body one that Merlin wanted. I bet Merlin misses hugs, who in this seems to be the type of person that would give hugs all the time. Poor Merlin. He needed a hug. And then he didn't get one until he wasn't even in his right mind and servant of uh, two masters. Poor Merlin.
0: Does anyone want to say anything to that? I think he was just going to pat him on the shoulder, personally. Like, yeah, that kind of half thing that my brother tries to do to me whenever I want a cuddle. <laughs> like <he laughs> just kind of It's play. like, I can
1: I can see Arthur going with, like, an outstretched stiff arm and just, like... Doing like two pats, very stiff mm-hmm. pats on the shoulders, like they're they're well done. I can see that from Arthur, but not so much, like not with Merlin, I don't think he was gonna do a bro hug with Merlin at all in this in this scene it's, that's that's no. not that's not what his body language like if it had been another night, if it had been Leon, maybe, but even with Leon, he's not that close yet, just to complete this diane had something to say about writing sex scenes and i don't remember how we got onto that topic in the episode oh i mean yeah obviously it was you i just i just forgot what the context was
0: it was me saying um that writing those kind of scenes is really difficult and i have a lot of respect for people that can do it consistently and originally every time, because whenever I've tried writing them, I've always found writing like angst, like easy of like just any kind of like normal day to day stuff. I've like I found easy, but I found writing those kind of scenes really difficult because it ended up being a case of, right, what can you do that's kind of new and still kind of captures people's imagination but that's not like kind of going through the motions and like where's this arm and where's that leg and god knows what else so so I was always like no anyone that can write something that feels like fresh every time is like really good at what they do so yeah and uh to that Diane said
1: writing coffee is really hard i always try to figure out where things go and where there are hands and mouths and stuff but it's something that i try to avoid if i can so just to say first of all guys You can use the actual words. Rox is the only one that is limiting herself because of where she lives. But when you write things down, you can use the actual words. And I would argue that if you can't say them or even write them, maybe you shouldn't be reading these kinds of stories, let alone produce them yourselves
0: okay they're just they're just supporting me <laughs> they're supporting me in my uh, my home situation <laughs> showing solidarity listen you don't i would so say you don't need
3: that i would say it's a uh, brewing coffee yes
0: <laughs> okay good i like that one <sighs> so when you're writing those scenes you're brewing coffee that's great i like that okay so what i and with
1: regards to the actual subject matter I do agree that it's it's really difficult to write these scenes. I've written a bunch of them at this point and I always find it very difficult. Not just because of the logistics of body parts and you know, describing what it looks like, but it's also that you have to get the feeling right. The feel And it's like I mean, logistics are kind of important, but they're like you can ignore that there's suddenly a third hand where there shouldn't be a third or like a fifth hand where there shouldn't be a fifth hand when you have two people and none of them is a mutant and it's like that's kind of irrelevant if you can get the the emotion right if you can get the intensity of the scene across like with just feelings or if like it's very different it depends on really what you want to write if you just want to Write a pure smut, fakelet, like honest to god porn without plot stuff. Then you know the the romantic emotion in it might not be relevant, but you still want the sexy emotion in it. You know exactly. You want you want the desire true. and the lust to come through, and that's like to get the emotional, like to get our emotional um, level engaged in our brains is what's making it so difficult to write engaging sex scenes because you know just the logistics i mean that's fine anyone can describe what that looks like
0: probably
1: but getting the feelings across is what's is what's difficult about this
0: and i would argue that it's a lot more difficult to write a one-shot than it is to have a scene in the middle Of something that has any kind of plot like if the fic is basically starting from like they're starting to their ending it's really difficult i think because you know it's it's really you have a lot more context if you're writing something with plot to either build tension or to uh show the reader like what the versions of these particular characters that you're um, that you're writing are thinking about each other, what their history is in the particular fic that you're reading, even if it's just like 10,000 words or something, not something that's like super super long. But if it's just one scene, it's really difficult not to make it sound just really samey and really normy. And I've actually like whenever I've written uh, written not written read something that's just one scene and it's really stuck with me. I'm always like, no, that's really amazing because, you know, you're just kind of thrown straight into it and it's really difficult to get it right. Like I, like I said, I think people think that it's just kind of like an easy thing to write. I, I think that's, I think that's really a a huge misconception, but I don't know what anyone else on the podcast thinks if they agree or not.
2: I think it's really easy to, uh, what, The point about it being uh, trying to capture the emotion but having to be clinical about it, I think that's definitely, I I mean, I'm not a writer, but I can tell you that that would be really hard (laughs) when you have to to try to capture the emotion, but you're having it. And that's actually getting to the fan art thing. um, One of those things where you want to convey an emotion and you have to figure out how to put it on the page. Mm. Sometimes that's super distracting to figure out how you're going to construct it, how the composition is going to come out. And it feels like it's the the drudge work, but really, if you do it well, it does so much more for the emotion you're trying to convey. If you if you get the composition just right, it makes mm-hmm. such a big difference in how you perceive um, what's on the page. And I I have to think that's true for writing too. But that's that's hard. It, you know, everyone thinks that you can just sit down and write, or you can just sit down and draw it. And yeah, sometimes that happens. But a lot of times, you have to put in this legwork underneath to make that happen. And then the other half is some people get really excited with using words and it gets be- rather purple. <laughs> the, whole, the whole purple prose thing of like, ah, oh, you know, there's a point where, yeah, you just kind of have to back off into slightly a different shade. <laughs> Simple
0: is best sometimes. And I think people get really caught up in yeah like like what you said kind of making things really fancy and what you said about the emotions it's also connected to that because some of my favorite books um are written in a way that like if i can read something and i completely understand this particular emotion that the author is describing but they're not using any descriptive words they're just writing the scene in a way where i'm like oh my god i didn't realize that like you could actually put this emotion on the page. I've never found a way to describe it before. That's when I'm like mind blown so if you can do the same, but for a coffee kind of scene, then it's then it's just basically like magic because you're like, "Oh well, you could literally write, "Oh, tab a into slot B easy, but if you can do it in a way that's like no, like don't do it so clinically, but don't use fancy words, but make." Make the reader feel like they're really there. It's really difficult, and it's just yeah, it's just about being simple but creative, which is the hardest thing to do.
3: I was going to say for the uh, again, it kind of leads to the fan art bit of what we're doing, but a special shout out to the podfickers because Aww. it's one thing to write it, but having someone read it, all those little like oh yes. And, <laughs> oh, so And they got to say it. And people got to listen to it. it's like, well done.
1: Anyway, if you want to get us off topic with your comments, (laughs) please leave it at our website, melissin.parakaproductions.com. You can also just type melissin into Google. It should come right up. If you leave comments on our website, we will most likely respond to them on air like we did just to, I mean, not exactly like we just reacted to archaeologist D's comment because your comment will be about something else. But in a similar fashion, we will be reacting to your comment, maybe with guests, maybe just rocks at me. You won't know until we do it. If you don't care either way whether we react to your comment or not, you can also find us in the following places. We are on Tumblr where you can reblog us. You can, uh, reply to our, co- uh, posts. You can send us messages on there. You can do all kinds of things on Tumblr. You know what you can do on Tumblr if you're on Tumblr. You can also find us on Twitter at Merlissen. We have a email, an email address. It is merlisson.podcast at gmail.com. So you can send us email if you prefer to do that. We are on iTunes, also at Merlissen, where you can rate us or leave us comments there, although I still haven't figured out how I can actually read comments on there or see anyone's rating, because iTunes is a strange and magical place. We have a Discord, to which you can get the invite on our Tumblr or our website or by messaging either Rox or myself. We have a Merlissen bingo, which you can play along while you listen to us with many of our most popular catchphrases and often discussed topics. It is a lot of fun, I'm sure. I haven't played it myself, but I'm sure other people have fun playing it. Amp, is it fun to play Melissa Bingo?
3: Extremely. <laughs> there you have
1: it. We even have prizes if you get a Bingo. You can find out all about that on our Tumblr as well. And last but not least, as of I think the end of last year, when did we start Kofi? I don't remember sometime last year, we now have a Kofi account where you can leave us tips for what we do here. So if you want to support us financially in any way, if you want us to just, you know leave us a little tip, a little thank you or a little encouragement, then you can leave us a little sum of money on Kofi, which Rox and I then will share amongst ourselves. Don't worry. My listener will always remain free, whether you donate to us or not. You will always be able to listen to our episodes for free. We will continue to produce them for free. You don't, like, you don't get any bonus content for giving us money. Let's just be honest about that. However, we will be immensely grateful to you for showing your appreciation in a monetary fashion for all the work we put into this podcast.
0: We have an extra spring in our step, shall we say. Yes, (laughs) and joy in our heart, and a song on our lips.
1: All of these things. I think I covered all the places where you can find us and give us things, like comments and money. So let's (laughs) move on to a much more interesting topic, which is Brolin's Keep. Hi.
4: Hi.
1: Hi. <laughs> You're on our podcast for the first time, and that means it is time for fandom history!
0: Fandom history! Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, <clears throat> Rue, please yeah. tell us when and how did you get into Merlin? Sorry, that yeah. sounded really <laughs> not the way I intended. Oh, yeah. How did, oh, yeah. when and how did you get into the Merlin fandom? <laughs>
0: Thank you so much for the North Americans for being as trashy as me. <laughs>
1: Listen,
3: I realized what I
1: said the moment I said it.
3: The raven-haired bull. <laughs> oh my god, we're only like half
1: an hour in. <laughs> We've gone on top of, off topic like six times already.
4: <laughs> Who's that? Shut up. Okay, so um, it was a sunny Saturday. Saturday? Yeah, Saturday morning. Like a German TV morning program in 2009. And, and they aired the first uh, season of Merlin. And I don't know, I saw this third episode or something. And first I was, man, hey, what's that? I watched it. When it was over, I ran on the internet to find the rest of it, and they aired um, episode four, the next uh, was the next I saw, and yeah, that episode does you in, so then I had to get the um, the rest of the show, and I watched season one, probably in one day, and um, season two had just finished airing in the UK, I'm not sure. Um, but I watched it, uh, shortly after and then I was hooked. I went on the internet to find some fan fiction and yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. And that's how I got addicted to the show. Um, then I found an old, by now it's old, but uh, at that time it was the like top, um, life journal blog about Merlin. It's Uh, By, I don't know how to pronounce her blog, Gellach Rose. Oh,
1: Gellach Rose,
4: I think. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And she had like everything, every interview, every behind the scenes, and I spent weeks on her blog. Yeah, and in 2011, I found my way to Tumblr, and that's pretty much it.
1: That was the end of it. Or the start, depending on your point of view. Both. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the end. Ooh. Yeah. All right. And so, I mean, obviously, you're a, an artist. That's why you're on this episode today. So tell us a little bit about what you do in fandom. Um,
4: as you mentioned, I uh, run my blog on Tumblr, and Keep. Since 2011, just as I said, about Murtha, the show, the actors, and I'm yeah doing some fan art. Not so much recently because Real Life and stuff came up, but before that, yeah, um, I partic- participated in like a piece on, on Life Journal, After Kamlan, that's the other one, and Reverse. I like that so much because you as an artist, you can like choose what you want to do. And then you have a poor, you have to find a poor writer who has to deal with your shit instead, <laughs> uh, instead of the other way around. <laughs>
1: instead of the poor artist having to deal with the writer's
4: yeah,
2: exactly. shit. Yeah, that's fair.
4: Exactly. Yeah. And now I only sometimes post my stuff on AO3 and trying to leave comments on it many pics as i can but i suck at it i'm sure you
1: don't suck at it
4: yeah it's always like cute or wow or just a bunch of emojis or something like that i mean that's
1: that's a lot more than other people leave and also that's just a very genuine reaction that (laughs) authors like to see like if if an author made you incoherent to the point where you just basically key smash That's like a big compliment. That's like, okay, they are lost for words. I did a good job. I hope so. Yeah. I mean, that's how I feel about them, so. Okay. Thank you very much for this lovely introduction of yourself. My pleasure. So, that means, now that we're all acquainted with each other, some of us more than others, we can finally talk about fan art. And this is probably going to be the part where Rox and I end up being mostly the interviewer people. Like this is where we merge into one whole host instead of being two separate beings. Because this is your time to talk and we'll just be prompting topics for you to talk about. Maybe throw in some controversial opinions to get you guys discussing. So first of all, the big question. What is fan art? Well, Do you want me to say what I wrote down? And then you can all disagree with me.
3: (laughs) Sure.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's exactly the kind of comment I'm looking forward to. Okay, so when I was thinking about, okay, what is fan art? I figured that technically anything we fans create for our fandoms is, you know, fan art. Because anything creative is considered art you know art of writing and the art of all kinds of other things so it's all art however when we and not just we in the Merlin fandom or we on this podcast but we as fans talk about fan art what we mean is like visual art that's drawn or that's created in Photoshop or, you know, anything we we look at, like graphics, paintings, manips, all these kinds of things, is what we think of when we say fan art. So, like, the thing is, in the context of challenges, like, after Kamla Big Bang and even in, you know, reverse Big Bangs, art is always expanded to mean, like, pod and fan videos and... I suppose that's not technically wrong, because like I said, anything fans create is considered art in some way. But because, you know, but that's not what we want to talk about today, in part because fan videos and fanfics are going to get their own episodes on Melissa, and fanfic already is taking up a lot of this podcast's time. So what we are talking about today, when we mean fan art, is what I said earlier, it's visual art
2: i appreciate the, my the distinction um, i do feel like podfic and fanvids do get left out They're, they and your point about them also being creative acts that can be considered art i do consider them art i think it's fair to say that what we're doing today is visual art i think that's a good distinction
1: i agree Same. i'm i'm so glad when i say things that other people agree with doesn't happen Aww. that often. So this is a special moment for me. We're just <laughs> yeah, here to I agree still, with you, you as
0: well. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Because when you go to an art gallery, you don't... Exp- I mean, look, I think when we talk about art in general as kind of entertainment and things that are creative, even in life, we have two different versions of what we mean. We mean art in general, which includes all creative endeavors, but when we go to an art gallery, we don't expect to see films being screened there necessarily. I, mean,
1: I wouldn't say that because I have been to galleries and exhibitions where video installations were part of, of the, of the entire exhibition and they were an, an important part of it. But again, like, in the context of fandom, that would be a fan video or a montage of some kind. And that's not what we're talking about because that's going to get its own episode. So, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, just
0: like in a general sense, you know, like, taking away the exceptions because I do feel that is more of an exception if I go to the Louvre I'm not expecting to go there to see much more other than visual art and painting you know things that are painted things that are framed things that are that are on the wall things that are pictures like that's what I'm expecting to see there yeah. even though it does like art does also mean films and sculptures and I don't know jewelry and music, and pottery and music all sorts of things yeah. yeah so yeah yeah anything but I think you know, so it's the same for fandom as for real life. We have, you know, both versions are correct, but we use them differently. And when we say the word fan art, I mean, we have a word for fan vid, we have a word for podfic. I think everyone who is relatively intelligent understands that that is creative and artistic. It's just that when we say the word fan art, we, yeah, we mean visual art. On the whole, exactly. does anyone refer to fan vids as fan art? I don't think that would be correct. Like no one would I, understand what they were talking. Like about. I said, in the
1: context of like Big Bang challenges and yeah, and the likes, yeah, fan videos are considered the art form that you yeah, can yeah, cool. that you can choose yeah, or that can be paired with your with your other work. But that's that's just why I wanted to bring it up. It's just to to talk about how you know while everything that we fans create is art, there's a very distinct haha, image in our head when we say mm-hmm. fan art. Like, yeah. there, there's a very... Like, it's almost like it's a definition. It's like, when you say fan art, you know what everyone means. It does... Like, when you say fan art, you don't think of pot fig as the very first thing, or fan videos, or cosplay, or all kinds of other things. You think of visual art. And I just wanted to...
0: You know, talk about that a little bit. If I commissioned someone to do a piece of Mirtha fan art for me and they did a fan-vid, I'd be like, what the fuck?
2: (laughs) Like, do you know what I mean? I do want to just get a quick shout-out to at least one um, musician that I know creates original music for Merlin, and that's Genuine Feather. Woo! She actually did a remix of one of my my earliest Merlin piece. She wrote a piece of music for it, and it's amazing. And for, um, Pen Rabbit's Harmonia Mundi, she did, she wrote theme music for the whole thing. Yeah. It was incredible. That's Absolutely amazing. incredible. I just, thought, I just want to get a shout out for, for the musicians out there that don't have a peg to put their, you know, there's, there's no place to That's put their.
0: That's true. But yeah.
2: It's not visual, and it's auditory, and and it's totally off-topic, but I did just want to have a shout-out to them. Thank you very much. Not many of them, and they're incredible. Yeah, and
1: I mean, I say it every episode in our credits, Sidesteppings has also done original music for Merlin, Things in the Past, and of course, they did the our Merlison theme song. They composed that for us. It's an original composition in the style of, like, what we think like Merlin's music is, like the show music is, but still, it's completely original for our podcast. So,
3: I feel like we're acknowledging that fan art encompasses all of these mediums, but that today we are focusing on uh, the visual, like the manip- the minip's and uh, drawings, gifs, and photo montages and stuff like that. Exactly, that is. Very correct. That is exactly. So just so you're not like, as a fan artist, you know, maybe you're a fan bidder, like, oh, they're talking about fan art. How dare they not yeah. talk about bidding? No. That's like, no, we
0: know, we know. We know. Is... We have an episode on bidding coming yes. up, so it's gonna be fine. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so now that we've got that out of the way, what that this is more where we go into the more interview style part. So, what resources do artists use or need? I mean, obviously it's different. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, obviously it's different for the different types of art that you produce, and this is where you come in. Our oh, honestly, we should probably talk about that a little bit. Um, like what kind of arts you each create? Maybe let's get that done first, so that the listeners know from you know what corner of being an artist you guys are talking of. So good idea. Um, Amp, why don't you
3: start? Um, mostly I do digital art. I can do traditional if I have to. Uh I've been doing GIFs and um manip like the photo manipulations. And I've actually done some minor visual effects style like uh, Yeah, it's a hard one to explain, but I I've done GIFs that have been sh- Photoshopped. With like, I I gave Arthur Wolverine claws in one. I made Merlin blind in one, uh, using some of my real world. I was about to say that's your (laughs) that's your
1: actual job, and you're applying it to fandom, which I always love when people do that.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I did a I did a face replacement on. I put Merlin's face into like a a Generation Kill uh, clip, I think once. It was pretty good. Uh, Yeah, so. yeah, traditional uh digital
2: uh yeah, everything.
1: Everything. Okay. Cello, what about you? Uh
2: well I was I don't wanna say I was trained in traditional, but I I was. <laughs> it was kind of informal training. Um digital literally didn't exist when I first started making art. Um like it didn't. The whole idea of a walk home drawing pad was it was still you know Star Trek. And, uh, so, but I, so I started off in traditional media and then I moved, I've moved more completely to digital over the last few years because I love traditional media. I, I'm one of those people that when I paint, I have to have a whole separate set of clothes that are for painting or drawing or whatever because it gets everywhere. Um, but it, I don't really have an art space. <laughs> that I can get filthy in my house. And I had little kids, so I moved to digital. And that's been good. There's all kinds of things you can do with digital that you cannot do with traditional. The Control-X is my – actually, excuse me. C- Control-X is good occasionally, and occasionally it's like, no, bring it back. And then the Control-Z saves me. Um, but that's that's been interesting to transition. But if you – if you handed me a bunch of paints and a canvas, I'd be quite happy. If you handed me a cup of coffee and a, and a watercolor brush, I'd be happy. Um, no pun intended. Uh, was no I, see, that one. I, Sorry. I wasn't
1: <laughs> even thinking of that. And then you had to go and
2: make it dirty. <laughs> I, <was>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, I, I kind of, I kind of approach digital art from more of the traditional art perspective. Um, I think that's sort of how that informs.
4: Yeah. Okay. How I work. And finally, Rue. For me, it's completely the other way around. I like draw one doodle or something for a friend a few years back, but everything I do is practically edits, uh, gives manips, something like that. I haven't really drawn something by hand, so I pretty much rely on other. um, Yeah. Pics from the episodes or other photos that I can use. So I have no idea how hard it is to draw, really. I mean, you do have so an I'm idea scared. how
1: hard it is because you don't yeah, do it. I have an
4: idea, but <laughs> I'm so scared of it. Don't try. Right. Yeah, but still, there's,
1: there's, you know, there's a skill to doing what you do as well. I mean, um, you did the panel, uh, the first coin a lot, where you sort of explained your process. And I remember sitting there, and I mean, I had a little knowledge of, you know, how to create a man how to merge two pictures together and make one person look like someone else. I Like, I knew a little bit about that already. I had very rudimentary knowledge of how to use Photoshop to that effect, or even how to make a GIF in it. And then you sat there and explained your process and showed us how you do it. And I was just gobsmacked. And I was like, this is actual magic. <laughs>
4: like, oh, if I were well, Utha, then... I'd
1: be like, sorcery! Because... Great.
4: <laughs> I'm ending up on the fire. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, yeah. I did art in, in school back then. And from, from that, I learned about perspective and lighting and something. And that's... That's really helpful, yeah. if you do that kind of stuff in Photoshop,
1: yeah, yeah yeah I mean, just to be clear, I think all artists are magic like honestly, whenever I tag art art somewhere, I always think like this is magic because art like visual art of that level is just something I can do like I do I dabble a little bit with like um potfix covers, which is honestly the only visual art part in Potfix that you have is like when you make cover art and I make that and that you know I I would say I'm decent at it and but like still people who actually do art and have done it for a while and how like have accomplishments and it's just like for me it's like it's all magic it's it's like wow Okay, so now we know a little bit more about where you each come from. So this is pro- now it's gonna give the listeners a little more context for your answers. Which brings us back to what resources do artists use or need? Go.
2: Good references.
4: Yeah. And love of cute. time and patience.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it, this is something that it's goofy because. I feel like non-artists place this value on, oh, did you use a reference? Well, it's better if you don't use a reference. No, no, no. Use the reference. There's nothing wrong with using a reference.
3: Everyone uses references.
2: Everyone uses references. All how the masters. You, yeah. It's use use your references. And the, honestly, the best reference site for at least Amph and I with our still pieces has got to be Merlin's Keep. Shout out to Merlin's Keep, yeah. far, far away, Site.com. You are awesome. Um, Andrew, I don't know if you remember, you
3: remember when uh, there was all that craziness when they kept getting their stuff, their site taken down, and we were all oh panicking. and
2: Every summer. And it always happened because the new the new series would come out in the fall. Remember that, guys? And so in the summertime, Merlin's Keep would get all of the promo photos. They get these fantastic, incredible, ultra-high-def promo photos. Yeah. And they would obey the embargoes that the showrunners would put on them. But then they would let them out and then Shine and everyone would come chasing after them for DMCA violations and they'd shut the site down. And it was always, always right when Paper Legends was all the artists were madly trying to find all the references they could for Paper Legends. And then the site would go down and you couldn't find anything (laughs) So frustrating.
4: Every year, every year they'd get shut down. Run the there and right? download everything. Yeah, that as was as fast it, as possible. Exactly. Legit.
1: This is amazing. This is fandom history rolled into this fan art episode. I did not know that because I wasn't active in fandom at the time. So this is I find this very interesting. Oh, yeah.
3: I got some nuggets for you later on for sure. Oh, yeah.
1: Tell tell me more when we're not going off topic with it.
3: Yes. Um, Google is always good, too, just for regular old drawing poses. Because, I mean, sometimes you're, you have a, a composition idea in your head, but you, like a pose that you just need to kind of... Mm, but there's, of course, nothing in Merlin like that. So, you know, you go into Google and you make it yourself. Or you look it up. I was just, I was just thinking about once I had to make it myself. And then they, it ended up being a shot in Merlin later. <laughs> like I was this that what that I did. One. Like I had to sit there and put my camera on the floor and lean over it and be like, and then and then it was like, oh here you go. Merlin does that like two seasons later. I'm like thanks God. <laughs> where was that?
2: Well, I actually have an entire folder of pictures of me. I call them bathroom hand selfies. <clears throat> oh yeah. Just for hand poses because you can never there's reams and reams pages and pages folders and folders of of hand poses on places like deviant art you know they've got all kinds of great there's accounts that are just do stock photos to try to give people various poses and things and a million hand poses and it's never the one i need so i always end up just going into my bathroom and standing in front of the mirror and holding the phone with one hand and posing my hand with the other
1: (laughs) do do you ever get other people involved because like I imagine maybe sometimes the the pose is awkward and you can't get your phone just right, and then you're just like, "Husband, please take this photo of my of my hand. Don't ask questions."
2: Well, given no, actually, it's always just me. <laughs> I, I was gonna say no
3: because he would ask questions, you, yes, especially if you say, questions. especially if you say, "Don't ask questions." The first question is, "I'm asking questions." I'm asking questions. Well, don't Why don't, don't tell him not questions? to
1: ask questions. Just tell him to do it, and then he maybe he wouldn't ask... Like, I would assume that if you did this often enough, he would give up on asking questions, just be like, that's just what my spouse does.
2: Probably. There
1: you
2: go. You know, I actually, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you
1: could make it a project with your kids and be like, honey, take a picture of mommy. But only of on mommy's the, hands.
2: They're... they're... Big enough to get it. They they know I make fan art. They think it's cool. They See,
1: they would help. <laughs>
2: yeah. Probably. But usually I'm doing this while everyone's out. Right. So okay. it's just me. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. So what other kinds of things do we use? Um uh, sometimes I use
3: actual episodes because the screenshots yeah. sometimes don't exactly capture the pose that I know exists in there, so I'm frame by framing it, going, That's the expression I'm looking for.
2: Yeah. I remember yeah, I've done
1: that. I remember uh, I think it was the hair Conine who started this project years ago. Um, where she had like, um, the reference, the sheet. reference sheet for the head poses. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, where, uh, she was just accumulating pictures of Merlin and authors or like Colin and Bradley's heads in different like angles. And it was just going to be a reference sheet for like just what their head looks like in, I don't know, Thirty different angles or something. Did this ever get finished? This this reference sheet.
4: I don't think so. The last time I saw it wasn't finished. But I fe- I was so sorry. I wanted to like message her. Um, excuse me. I have like twenty folders on my hard drive. Every picture I've ever seen of the guys stored in there. You can have everything, but I don't know how to send it to you. And yeah, I. Can probably finish that thing, but I haven't seen it in a while.
1: Yeah. I mean to be fair, the hair has mostly moved on from Merlin at this point, so I don't know if she'd That's even easy. be interested in it anymore. Um But yeah, I was just that just popped into my head as far as references go because
3: If I recall, the only problem with that reference is that for the left hand side to the right hand side, I think some of them they just flip them over. Like yeah, they just they did. did a and that doesn't account for like Arthur's part, his hair part. Yeah.
1: It's also like, so their, now it's part their, their faces aren't symmetrical, so. Nope. That's yeah. Fine. Yeah. But still, it was a great idea. Like, I feel like that's a, oh, yeah. that's a good thing to really crowdsource as well. So we had, um, different resources for different types of alt. Although it turns out that most of you use the same kind of resources, except maybe like, I guess Rue, when she does, um, manips, Find other resources like base pictures to then transform into Merlin and Arthur, for example. Um, so you have yeah. slightly other resources on top of reference pictures because you don't just need reference pictures. You also need, you know, additional pictures that you can then...
4: I need the actual picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: exactly. Um, so
4: And Google fucked it over. Um, they have like this uh, reverse search where you can put in a picture in a low quality into their search window and Google lets you search for other versions of that picture. And sometimes, I don't know, last year or in 2018, um, they had to change stuff because of some copyright claim, I don't know, by by Shutterstock or something. And now they are not allowed to show you every version of every picture. But only uh, um, link you back to Shutterstock, and it's so frustrating because I can't find any real um, high-quality pictures sometimes because of um, they tap Google's wings. Yeah.
1: Ugh, capitalism.
0: I, I guess it. I have a question because uh, I can't I can't see it in the script, but please forgive me if it's in there. I just kind of quickly uh, skim through. But um, what in that case? going off of what kind of Rue has to do in terms of finding like an additional image, but also this just goes for any artist, whether they have to find an, an additional image or not, but how do you go about deciding what you want to create so you know for example rue you're gonna have to think of you know the real life i guess situation you want to put them in and then photoshop but even if you're making something completely from scratch like obviously for some things you'll be in a fest or maybe a commission uh, yada 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 but like say you're not doing any of that like what makes you decide what you're gonna like draw Um, or create
4: usually uh, for me it's like i see a picture usually on Tumblr or someone else, and I think, okay, can I turn this into murder or come on Then it's just try and error if it works or if I can't find fitting uh, pictures of the boys to put in there. And that's basically what decides for me if it works or if it doesn't. And I have like uh, a side block where I just put everything that I see and when I have time, which I don't anymore, to do something, I just scroll through there and pick something I'd like to do.
1: Yeah, so you have you have basically you have a um, a prompt basket in this yeah. in this Tumblr, and then you just pick out what what tickles your fancy at any given moment. Yeah, like I'm just. Um, what brought about the the whole wedding picture series that you did a couple of years back was it just seeing um, these wedding photos, like the the real wedding photos on Tumblr and then going like, oh, I I should actually request. Oh, they were a request, okay.
4: Yeah, I don't know right now by who but uh, someone on Tumblr sent me an ask if I could do that and I go, um, when searching for the pictures and then I found the um, entire website where they have like the whole shoot, all the pictures and then I just chose which pictures I'd use and then Yeah,
1: you did a whole series of these
4: Yeah, there are even more pictures on the site but um, at this point it's enough Yeah, I think
2: I do a lot of collaborations I find it really helpful to read a fic um, and a, a writer with a really good visual writing style who describes things really clearly is super helpful but this is why most of my stuff is it drives people for remix just bananas because probably 80% of what I do is in collaboration with a writer um, I'm not someone who comes up with art bunnies on my own necessarily a whole lot. I do better when I read a fic and, and it really grabs my attention. There'll be certain scenes where it's like, I can see that or the emotion gets you. And you're like, I want to draw that. I want to show that that's, that's kind of like, and then I'm on a mad scramble for finding facial expressions and poses and this and that. And Google is absolutely invaluable for all that kind of stuff. And then Lately, I've been looking at inspirations from various art styles, historical art styles, and using that to kind of inform a lot of my art. So um, that's that's kind of where I come from. I'm, I'm less good at the independent independent art bunny. Amp is really good at independent art bunnies. Oh my lord, you collect them. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> I was actually just opening up all my lists right now. Just to
3: prepare. I'm just. <laughs>
1: I'm just forever regretful that, like, we talked about this hockey idea that you had much too late. Because I'd already stopped writing for Merlin when you came, like, when you told me Mm -hmm. about your hockey idea. And I was like, "Ah, this would have been great.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, so a lot of my creative process comes from a lot of just real world... Um, things that I like, interests. Um, and yeah, when I'm watching films, I watch them with, you know, my Merlin tinted glasses on. <laughs>
2: Merlin when I goggles, listen- yes. Yeah,
3: exactly. <laughs> um, when I listen to songs, I listen to them with little Merlin headphones in, basically. Like, oh, could this song work for the... the- that's kind of how I started out in fandom is I did a lot of stuff with lyrics, uh, like pictures with, and I just put some lyrics over the picture and be like, ta da, <laughs>
4: um,
3: and felt like that's why Real Merlin was always my favorite fest because I was like, I just go through and think, yeah, this could make a good Merlin, you know, you could swap those characters out. Yeah. And and yeah, just so sometimes just observations and so. So I'll be going through my day because I have a tendency to forget these things. Right, I actually have a little no- note on my phone. So as I'm, it's actually called Bloopity Block Concepts on the Run. <laughs> so whenever I have an idea, I just open up this note and I just add it in. And and some of the, and I kind of try to put a little description of what I was thinking at the time. And yeah, it, it's a long list. And some of it is just like a song title. Some of it is a scene from. Uh, something that I'd seen. Some of it is just like that scene from MJL's fic, <laughs> written down. Uh, some of them actually just have entire sections of fic that I re- I'm like, I need to, I need to illustrate that. That'd make a great comic. Yeah. Uh, and some of it's just, you know, Zoolander, I wrote down. I don't know. Finn Ice, what does that mean? Uh, Food Fight, mm. <laughs> North Wind versus the Sun, oh, there you go. Chug, 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 that's what this one <laughs> She shot my hat. Mm. <laughs> and, and then it's my job to look at that and go, what the fuck was I thinking when I wrote that down? What does that mean? <laughs> but then I'm like, oh, yeah. No, that was good. That was good. And, and yes, that's, that's how my ideas all come from. And yeah, a lot of it is reading thick and going, wow, that was so well. Like that scene needs
0: some art. Really that sounds it. awesome.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I forgot about the music thing. Every now and then, you you uh, do you, do any of you do this where you're at the grocery store or out somewhere, and then they start playing something like "God Save Me" a thousand years, and you just start crying. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's just, I mean,
0: mean not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm a vidder, so music for me is essentially yeah, like. I need it to you know to create what I what I do and stuff. So yeah, I have like um before the good old days of Spotify, I uh I I I never had a process or anything, but now I actually have like um a playlist for each fandom and then in the fandom playlist i have a playlist for each ship and then like a general one for each fandom <laughs> so it's kind of really helpful to then kind of be like oh yeah like this made me feel something for this ship now obviously the problem is is when one song makes you feel things for multiple things <laughs> because then you have to start making choices and i don't know how you do that i mean if you're a vider, you just do a video with multiple couples i don't know how you manage to figure that out for fan art if you can do like what's the equivalent of like a multi fandom vid in visual art I mean you just you just <laughs> You'll make, make like, multiple
3: pictures don't you
0: Yeah I guess
3: that's right pretty much or crossover Yeah
0: yeah crossover I I I really have been getting into crossovers for art recently I, like I always love it when people find ways to to mix to mix the two
2: Yeah crossovers are fun I bet
3: I mean, well, especially I have- when they work really well, like like anytime Doctor Who just pops into Merlin, or Sherlock pops into Merlin, you're like, yeah, this all works.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm I'm more of a fusion person, but yeah, I can I can appreciate it.
0: Oh, hang on, yeah, I think that's what I meant. I don't
1: know. <laughs> crossover yeah, is crossover is when like... the Doctor and Merlin meet, and a fusion is when Merlin is the Doctor.
0: Yeah, no. Fair
1: enough. Yeah, yeah, no.
2: Fusion is what I was thinking. That's
0: what I'm thinking when like one set of characters is another set of characters.
2: Yeah, we had a whole episode about this, Robs.
0: We did, but then it always like I remember saying specifically during the episode that my gut reaction when i hear those two words is the opposite meaning to what we I discussed. know <laughs> so that's why i was like yeah yeah i like crossovers i know what that means and then you're like things are completely different
3: <laughs> there's also a good one with uh, merlin and newt scamander getting adventures on as i guess fun times
0: <laughs>
1: yeah so basically it's it's the same what a surprise it's the same for artists like visual artists as it is for, for example, writers. Because what you talked about, Amp, where you like, watch movies with your Merlin goggles. That was me. Like the entire time I was writing for Merlin, it was like every movie I watched, I was like, "Ooh, how can I make this Merlin? And um, I, ha- I still have about two dozen fake ideas for Merlin fanfic that now really will never get written, at least not by me. Um, so the, the document really is titled Fix I'll Never Write, or sorry, it's called A Use I'll Never Write, and at this point, it's true.
3: Um, but
1: yeah, that's just, that's just how it goes, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Although my list is over, like, 70 items.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I mean, the list I have also encompasses different fandoms, not just Merlin, but like the two dozen is just Merlin, and yeah. But yeah, it's just... You get an idea, you have to write it down, and one day maybe you'll actually have time to do it.
3: That's my belief. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Fingers We gone. can dream. I'm still here, guys. We can dream. <laughs> I haven't posted, like I haven't posted it in ages, but I'm still here and I'm still thinking.
1: <laughs> I'm still thinking about <laughs> making art. I'm not doing it, but I'm thinking about it.
2: Well, that's better than some that's people. <laughs> well, hey, fallow time <laughs> is fallow time is valid. <laughs>
1: It is. So anyway, coming back to round up the whole resources thing, I was also thinking that especially for um, creators like Rue, but also for other artists as references, of course, the other productions that the Merlin cast has been part of can also be immensely helpful for like either inspiration or to create crossovers or even just as reference like I mean, especially the main four will provide an abundance of material and the older actors as well. So, like, I remember when I was still more active in in the fandom and was also more actively following Bradley's and Colin's career. Literally any time Bradley or Colin come out with a new project and there's pictures or even better video of it, the (laughs) Mercer Shippers... Cry of joy can be heard from the heavens because the given graphic makers will turn them into new AUs. Oh yeah, yeah <laughs> yes.
4: Disappointing at that.
1: So that's just that's just something I was thinking of with like resources. Just like Bradley does, Bradley does something. Colin does
3: something. Bam, new AU. There we go. And the good. I part will
2: say oh sorry go ahead am
3: i say the good part about that i was i was thinking yeah but none of those sites have their like a nice merlin keep where you just get everything in one spot but then i remembered merlin's keep actually has that info too because they they go out and gather that yep. stuff from each individual yep. cast members yep. stuff so if you want your humans you know re- resource pictures merlin's keeps gone yeah exactly <laughs> so
2: I like, yes. exactly exactly they do, but the the only thing with this though is that both Bradley and Colin have had cosmetic surgery done and so you have to be really careful if you want Colin to look like Merlin he can't have his new ears and if you want Bradley to look like Arthur, he's got to have that Roman nose and so you really run into that
1: yeah that's fair <laughs> although I once um I don't remember what thick it was, but I definitely um put that in a thick once where they each had the corrective surgery in the fic. Like, it was a modern AU, and they each, had each the characters each had that corrective surgery, so that if people wanted to make any pictures, like, any graphics for it with newer images, they could do so, because the characters in my fic would also have these features that Bradley and Merlin, um, Bradley and Merlin, Bradley and Colin now have. So...
4: I don't think it's as bad with Colin as it is with Bradley, though. Yeah, that's true, because you you don't see Colin's ears
1: all that much either, depending on...
4: Especially when he has long hair. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. And with Bradley, you just have to be... Like, honestly, just be hand-wavy about it. Like, I would honestly... Yeah. I mean it's just that's just what he looks like now. We'll have we all have to deal with it. And yeah. it's, like that's probably the least like the 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 least of my problems when I were to make if I were to make a graphic about it, it's just like who the nose isn't exactly right. It's like there's a billion other problems you might have with that manup and the nose is probably the last one.
4: Yeah, I think, oh, yeah. It's, it's only obvious if you have, like, um, a gift set or a set of, um, graphics where there are different noses in different pictures. Like, when you mix them together, then it might be a bit obvious, but if you don't mix them, I don't think anybody cares. Yeah. And
1: I mean, even in some cases, you can't even explain it away. If it's like, um, if you're mod, like, if you have a canon author and a modern author and the modern author is a reincarnation, he could just be reincarnated slightly different. Or, you know, yeah, he could just be reincarnated slightly different from canon author. Like, whatever genetic material caused Romanos, or the Romanos maybe was just uh, a product of it actually being broken, and he just never had reason to break it in modern times because he wasn't an actual knight. You know, you can can find reasons.
3: Also, you can can just Photoshop it yourself, too. Like, (laughs) like, oh, his ears are wrong? I can fix that
4: nose so job. hard. I tried the nose thing; it doesn't work. At least I can't do it. Yeah. Well, it's my job. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you you two should talk. <laughs> I
2: think
1: so. You two should
2: have. Yeah, this I mentioned it more for that pitfall, like Rue was saying, where if you have, um, if you're doing, um, like a, a reincarnation flashback kind of GIF, where you've got the. Modern AU Arthur and a, and a Canon era Arthur and you're flipping between the two of them. Some people will pick up on that, you know. It's not that you can't use the, the newer promos of them, but you just sort of have to be aware that if you're yeah. Yeah. And matching somebody. Yeah, does, but still
1: know? we all like, we all know at this point that Bradley had corrective surgery. Like folding the, the artist for what Bradley did is, <laughs> That just seems so ridiculous to me. And honestly, there are even people who didn't even notice. Okay. So the most common art form or the predominant medium, what do you guys observe? What, what do you mostly see?
4: On Tamla these days, mostly, um, Lao and Mary Louise drawings, I think. Okay. So that's what I so, see. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
3: Okay. So, really? Less, less graphics and gifs these days? I, I think it might be not most, much, much gifs, but just the individual, like the, the, the three standard, like, you know, or four, just the, still images with like a little bit of text on it. Like, those little ones that tell the story.
1: Yeah. I think I know what you mean. Which ones you mean.
3: Okay. That's really not the answer I expected. That's interesting. But it wasn't always like that, though. That's a new, that's like a Tumblr yeah. thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, where it tells a little story. Yeah. Back in the day it was all about the icons, baby. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Listen,
1: icons apart from being actual, you know, visual art, were had a whole other layer of being an art form because you communicated through these icons. Okay. Life Ooh. journal icons
4: were yes, not just
1: art, they were also a means of communication. I know because I paid for extra space so I could a hundred could have a hundred of them to express very Same. many different emotions and you know words. It's ah, oh, the good old. I
2: really miss that. <laughs> and they they were the emojis. Of they were. They were. They
1: were, and yes. it was so good. Ah, I had whole conversations just through icons. It was amazing. It was so, one with-
3: of the first pieces of uh, fan art that. I saw for Merlin fandom, like, not that I saw, but doing research for this, uh, I went way back into like the 2008, uh, September 23rd, I think was the first gift, or the, no, it wasn't a gift. It was, it was icons on the Merlin X Arthur community. The very first things it was like four, four icons from the first episode. Like, I mean, they didn't waste time. They were going yeah, hard. I mean, <laughs> gotta go.
1: It's, it's important. Like, you had to get those icons done. Every like everyone was going to be a fan of that and if you want, were one of the first people to make icons chances were that the majority of the then existing fandom would be using your icons because yours were the only ones that existed
4: that's So right.
1: yeah that's very legit Okay So then I have question of where and when to post So I have this um, um Let's see what
3: I... I'm going to let Cello fit, feel this <laughs> one.
2: <laughs> oh, the dilemma of when and where to post. It's not so much the oh my... when, but the where. Girl, how many accounts you got in different places <sighs> crazy. Are you, are you shaming yeah.
1: Cello? Is that what I'm hearing? No, I'm fascinated <laughs> at how much... Like, blah, blah, blah. It,
2: it, yeah, and, I, yeah, and I, 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 I resent them all, you know, honestly. I resent having to have them. But if I don't grab it, somebody else might grab the name right so i just have a presence so that i'm right know. um but it is interesting um because i'm where am i i'm on LiveJournal and then i moved to dream with, and somewhere along the way somebody was very kind and gave me an ao3 code and so i had an ao3 even though they still <coughs> do not host images yeah so frustrating uh art which is dead Oh, my God. So dead. But I put things there just because it's free and it's an art hosting site. And then recently, DeviantArt stopped making it possible for me to to use them as a hosting site for my images, which AO3 still does not host. So I had to find an independent site. Thank you very much, Amp. Um, and i mangroves. Bless you both um, for giving me a place to store the art that I can have a link to go to because I can't store it on L three in case I haven't funny made it. I was
3: legit looking up a piece of art from you, and I was like, oh, okay, well, there's a link for it, and it's a broken image. And oh. so when you mouse over it, it says deviant art, and I'm like, fucking deviant. <laughs>
2: <laughs> fucking deviant art. I eventually so clicked started. through to your dream with and found it, but oh my god. Oh Jesus. Okay, tell me which one it is, and I will try to go fix it, um, because. You know, I do all these collaborations and, and the, the writers embed the art in their stories and then fucking DeviantArt goes and changes the link. Really? You couldn't leave it at the same place? Really? I mean, you're supposed to be an art image hosting site. That's your whole function. Yeah. So uh, I have a Twitter. I have a Tumblr. I have a pillow account. What else do I have? I'm sure there's Instagram. I have an Instagram, but I never post art there, and I don't post art there because Instagram's associated with Facebook, and Facebook is grabby hands about anything you post on it. They say it's theirs, and I refuse. I will not. Yeah. Will not put myself on anything related to Facebook. I'm just not. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it, it's it is crazy when I'm posting because it's also on, and then there's like five places I have to set up all these posts for.
4: Which is interesting.
2: Jeez. I've, I've just stopped bothering because you know what? I never get any traffic for any of my stuff. Yeah. I just don't. It, and some of it's that the fandom's slowing down a lot. And some of it's, if you post the, the, so that's where to post, right? It, that's a tough one. It all depends on the audience you're after. Uh, when to post is, I, I haven't figured that one out. Cause you know, I'll be honest, I've been around a long time. I don't have a lot of followers. I don't get a lot of comments. I, maybe I would get more than other people. And that's just my own imposter syndrome talking. But uh, if I'm posting as part of a fest, you almost invariably get more attention. It makes more sense to part post as part of a fest. And that's a part of the other part of the reason why I don't do a lot of independent work aside from getting most of my ideas from somebody else's writing is that you put it up and people are like, Oh, okay. Whereas if it's part of Merlin holidays, you actually have people looking for it. Yeah.
1: That's um that's some notes I made uh which I've also observed with like fanfic posting but I imagine it's the same for uh for fan art posting it's like if you're already a let's say well known artist you'll have an easy time of posting individually because then it really doesn't matter when you post your stuff because your followers will see it and then you know reblog it anyway. They won't
2: reblog it anymore. That's a problem. Oh they won't. Yeah. Exactly. No, everyone just likes it. They don't reblog yeah. it, and half it's the time so they don't even leave kudos. It's really irritating. That's interesting.
1: I mean, obviously people use Tumblr differently. Like everyone uses Tumblr differently, but like when I like, I like something, and which is basically just for me a way to bookmark it, so I can reblog it later when I have actually time to, you know, uh, put it into my queue, put tags on it, and just uh, really figure out what I want to do with it. But like then I. Unlike it, so it's out of my bookmarks, but I have it in my queue and I will reblog it. Um, but that's awful. I'm
2: so sorry. So I, I did want to say that that one thing that does save you in the the individual posting field is uh, rec blogs like Merlin Arthur. Mm-hmm. Um, is really helpful, but caveat to this, which I'm sure is another subject we're going to talk about, is if you're pairing in your or you don't have a pairing if it's a solo if it's just merlin if it's just arthur uh or it's not merlin and arthur you do not end up Gasp. on that list i am not shocked at all which is you know totally their aesthetic right they're there for people who are interested in merlin and arthur and it's such a dominant ship that but i think so people see more merlin arthur more merthur than they do everything else and i think it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy because that's the only stuff that's really getting mm-hmm. boosted yeah,
1: but that's also like the, you're better off posting in the context of a fest or as a collab with someone else is also true for lesser known artists, even the ones who do create Murther art, for example. Um, because I feel like, I mean, you might get more exposure as a Murther artist, but I think, um, because of the, amount of content I mean even though this is you know a, like a relatively small fandom that is slowly but truly declining in activity over the years you still get a lot of or relatively a lot of um, artist content so there is a chance that things just get lost either because people don't know how to tag it so it will show up or because Tumblr doesn't like It also depends on how people use Tumblr. Like, not everyone actually looks at the tags in the way that it helps you to track tags. Some people will just, you know, use the Tumblr app for whatever reason you wanted to do that. They might (laughs) just use the Tumblr app and then rely on the algorithm to show what they want to see. And then they might not see the lesser known artists. So you're always better off like, if you're not that well-known yet, to figure out a way to post for a fest so that you get automatic um, exposure that way. Because then people will definitely see your art because they're going to check out all the postings anyway. This next part is gonna be a lot of ranting, I presume. Because (laughs) the question is, what difficulties does an artist encounter, also known as the big list of pet peeves and grievances? (laughs) <laughs> who wants to start? I mean, I have a long list, and I am not even a visual artist most of the time, but I'm sure you guys who actually post art on the regular or well, on the more regular than I do, you have a lot of things to say about this.
3: well, as we just mentioned, you know there's no new canon material, so it yeah. being a close fandom, you know it's a bit of a trickiness for getting new mm-hmm. content,
2: yeah, uh, well, and the the shift in in um fandom sharing behavior to less of the the signal boost kind of appreciation and more of the casual appreciation that's been difficult um uh other well uh, uh, a thing that
1: also ties into that is that art gets stolen easily and quickly so you know
2: shockingly really shockingly i guess there's a thing out there where if someone says on twitter gee i'd like a shirt made out of this there's a whole website that all it does is it steals those images and puts i them literally on shirts. have
1: that at my first as my first uh sub point for this for this one uh twitter thing re illegal merchandise yeah so um guys if you see for those who don't know if you're on twitter and there is some kind of art or anything that you like For the love of God, don't retweet it and say, I wish there was, I wish I had that on a shirt because there's going to be a bot crawling Twitter for exactly this kind of tweets and it's going to steal the art and put it on a shirt and then market it to you so you can buy it. But the art on it is actually stolen from the artist. So if you want a shirt of it, message the artist directly and tell them, Hey, I wish I had that on a shirt. Can you make that happen?
2: Yeah, it, it's, it's bad. Um, back in the day, it used to be that people got really frustrated when folks would like a piece of art, and then they would repost it on a different uh, medium, which is a different platform, which is part of why I have so many accounts, because if someone went, hey, I found this cool thing, and I'd be like, um, hi, that's mine. And I actually never had that happen. I've been very, very lucky. I don't want to jinx myself, I'm going to some it's,
3: wood. It's literally the only reason I actually have a Tumblr is that there was a Merlin fan art Tumblr that was just taking pictures off of LiveJournal, and it was taking mine and putting them on there, and they were getting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of notes, and I'm like, that's mine. I guess I better start a Tumblr, and then I put my own art up, and it's like zero notes. I'm like, fuck you guys. Yeah, why it's on
4: Instagram. Yeah. And it's the
1: same. Yeah, And I know some, some artists aren't bothered by it. I know that some artists are like, yeah, whatever. But the majority of you guys just like... I mean, I don't produce a lot of visual art but I would get very peeved if someone stole one of my potfit covers and put them up somewhere without any kind of credit or even letting me know. Or even worse claiming it as their own.
4: Yeah. That never happened to me. I thank God. But uh I don't I used to didn't care when they put stuff on Twitter or on Instagram because that's a mess. You can't control anything that's going on there. But I still get uh, pissed when they do it on Tumblr because that's, Tumblr is where I am posting my stuff and that's just frustrating. Everything I do is tagged with my URL and so you don't really have to go looking that yeah, far. Yeah, I mean,
1: you're literally right there. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, I, and I know that that gift makers, particularly ones who make gift like sets, the little series, mm-hmm. um, those those show up all over the place. And I just feel awful for the people who make them because so many people are just like, oh, that's neat. And they save it and then they use it like as a reaction to somebody else. And there's no credit for the person who originally made it. It's... I
0: think like Rue, um like I don't obviously like draw anything and like I but but I do post like cosplay pictures to Instagram. Um and I think that if if I was posting like for example straight to Tumblr like Rue does and say like I was drawing something and you have the platform to reblog, obviously if you're reposting then that is really shitty because yeah, just reblog it. Like don't repost it. But I don't like I can't see myself getting upset if for example someone took something of mine off of tumblr which was the original source and i hadn't put it anywhere else like that was the only place i put it and they're like make like they have like a fan instagram account for fan art that they like and they're putting it up there and if they have like a fan twitter account and they're putting it up that probably wouldn't bother me because if i wanted to put my stuff on those platforms, I would have made an account for it myself. Now, if I was on Instagram, like Lau is, for example, and I was putting my images on there, then that would annoy me. I think it would be a sense of if I'm not on the platform and you post something of mine, it's not going to bother me because at the end of the day, the way I would see it would be the sort of free advertising route if I had my watermark on the image like that. But but but, but that is just the way that I feel. I know there are plenty of people that have a zero tolerance. Policy for reposting, and I completely the, respect the thing that. Is I think, that. The yeah, thing it is, it is it that the most me.
1: people who repost art don't give credit to the original artist, or they will say yeah. credit to the original artist, but not say who the original artist is without any <laughs> yeah, link okay. back. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: some of so so them, I couldn't figure it out. Oh, you can do some, a reverse lookup. Which some was, of, I them, know everyone's some taught of them, some of them even
1: will go as far out. as removing the watermark so that you don't know
2: who the that's original artist
1: is. No, that's, that's absolutely. There's just no excuse for that. And so I, when I reblog art on Tumblr, I always try to go back to the, to the source, if that's at all possible. I will sometimes reblog, um, fan art, like art compilations of an artist who isn't on Tumblr, but where there is proper credit in the caption of the, of the post. So like I have in my queue currently a beautiful set of Sailor Moon fan art where the where the Senshi Like I have a lot of Sailor Moon fan art in my in my queue yeah, at the moment. But there is one coming up in about three or four weeks. Um which is a compilation of the of the Sailor Soldiers and they're all wearing military style um parade uniforms. And it's so gorgeous. And this artist is not on Tumblr at all, but the post is, um, properly credited with a link back to this artist's website. I checked whether the artist is on Tumblr or not, and they're not on Tumblr. I couldn't find them anyway. And it's just, um, this is where I'm like, okay, I will reblog this because this artist needs to be seen by other people. This post is properly credited. I can, I can let this go. But like, I recently saw um, Sailor Moon fan art from Mar Marmaladika reposted by someone who was taking um, a fan art that Mar did of um, Seiya and Uzagi from Sailor Moon and this person reposted it and I was like, oh no, you did not. (laughs) I have that in my queue from the original artist. I would recognize that art style anywhere anyway. And then I told Mari, I was like, this person reposted your art right under your nose. Go do something about it. And it just that's the kind of stuff that gets me really angry. And there used to be a um Merlin fan art blog. I forgot what it was called. It might have been just called Merlin art or Merlin fan art. Some variation thereof, I think. And I know that the... Like when this blog started, they were reposting a lot of fan art instead of reblogging it. That's the one. Mm -hmm. That's the
3: one that got that was doing mine. Yeah,
1: and I know it got taken over by someone else later because I was like, you realize that a lot of your art is stolen, right? And I was like, yeah, that was that was the 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 previous owner. And I was like, yeah, but you're still reblogging the same posts of your own blog with the stolen art. Why are you doing that instead of, you know, reblogging it from the original artist? Now, um, so that's just ugh. So I'm I've really gotten into the habit of really checking whether this this was suppo- was allowed to be reposted because sometimes it is allowed to be reposted. Like some artists will say it's okay to repost this to Tumblr, and the only way you have to like check that is if. I mean, you have to trust in the end. If if the author of the post puts in their in their caption, reposted with permission, and then a link back to the original artist on a different website, then I have to trust that that's true, that they did repost it with permission. I will reblog that. But if there's no link back to anywhere or no note on it, then I will definitely not reblog that. Yeah,
2: um, and then that's reasonable. But yeah, go ahead,
3: Amp. I was going to say, watermarks are a great way for artists to protect themselves. So please don't put them off on the edge of an image where it can be easily cropped. And don't put them on a solid background that can be easily clone tooled off. Put them in a nice gradiented area or a patterned area that makes it really hard to erase. And that kind of leads into the whole thing about a non-fest where they say you have to submit, but you can't put your watermark on it. Oh, I hate those. And again, what's the point? Yeah, what's the point?
1: Artists' style are so recognizable. Like, everyone will know that that is Whimsy Catcher creating that art. Everyone will know. know, Right? Everybody knows that. (laughs) You know, it's just, we like, everyone knows everyone's art. Like, every fan knows every artist's art style or, like, is able to recognize it relatively easy because you guys, your art style is obviously different from each other so we all know, oh yeah, that's M's art, that's cello's art, that's Whimsy's art, that's uh, Lao's art you know, you just, we recognize this stuff
2: <laughs> Yeah, I know, the pretense of, well, we're gonna have guessing, I'm like really, you're gonna have guessing, in meantime my image is running around waiting for someone to say, oh, oh, well, yeah, I don't know, there wasn't any signature on it, which is why I'm obnoxious and I put the fest name right yeah. over it I make it fairly large and I put it yeah. right over it and being digital, I can change that. Now a traditional artist, you can't do yeah. that. Traditional art, because it's, it's a physical thing that you have to take a photo of or scan, which is its whole own challenge. Um, and it's a large part of why I don't do traditional art anymore. Um, even the the less messy stuff like pencils, because it's really hard to photograph yeah. and have it come out well. Um, but you can't sign it you have to take two pictures one before you sign it and one after you sign it and then I mean I guess I was always using something like I was using GIMP um, or it, which is like a free photoshop for a long time and then I would you can put a layer over it to have a, a you know the fest name or your signature or whatever and do that but it's super frustrating because yeah there's this image running around without a watermark on it that you're not allowed to indicate as yours like Right, and then hosting, because okay, so <laughs> where do you keep it? Yeah. Right. So it's posted online, and where are you going to host it? Well, everywhere you host it always has your account name in the link. I mean, spoiler alert: if you want to know who made the picture in that AO3 post, if you hover over it, it will tell you where it's hosted. Yeah, and nine times <laughs> out
1: of ten, the artist's name will be in there.
2: Will be in there, and and so it's yeah, it's it's. I mean, I it's a polite ruse. It's a ruse. Um, and I just, I get frustrated with, with it. Something, I know you...
3: something that's super frustrating about that too, is that for those non Fests, uh, sometimes you just email it in and then the organizers would put them all onto a, uh, like an image bucket or, you know, image or whatever those, uh, weird free image hosting yeah. sites
2: are. Yeah.
3: Photos, photo stream. I don't know. And then, 11 years later, you're trying to do some research for fan art podcast and they're all gone. <laughs> they're all gone. Artists, like I've been, I'm I was trying to do some nice deep dives on some really old fan arts that I really love. They're yeah. all gone. And I'm like,
2: <clears throat> and see, this goes to, this is my pet peeve about AO3. It's meant to be an archive. And I love that because that's what happens. When you have it in a non-archive thing and it's on PhotoBucket or Imgur or one of those, or DeviantArt, which changes the links, um, or the account goes inactive, the thing I love about AO3 is if for whatever reason you want to divorce yourself from the things you've made, you don't have to destroy them. You don't have to remove them. You can just orphan them, and they'll be there forever. But you cannot do that very effectively with art because somewhere, someone has to keep hosting the image. It's not on the archive. The archive isn't maintaining The images and so it's not really an archive for art at all and there's all of these things that are out there that really deserve to be kept as part of the fandom history and there's nowhere collected to keep them there's no collective fandom history for art and I really feel like that's a place where the archive AO3 could really step in and be really really useful and they back when I joined AO3 in what 2011 they were going to be six months away from getting that done. Mm-hmm. Here we are, 2020, still six months away. Actually, they've just quit talking about it. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, come on. It's, I mean, it's really worth pursuing because they're losing, you know, with the LJ migration and all that kind of stuff, they're starting to purge accounts. And so there's all this stuff that was sitting there archived that's just going away. There are so
3: many purged accounts that I came across in my old reckless. Yeah. And realizing that I'm looking at some of these pictures I have saved on my computer, that these are probably the only versions that are left. Because the, this, this artist account is all yeah. closed. Like, they're gone. And even the, the Russian mirror sites are gone. Oh, by the way, back in the day, the Russians fucking loved Merlin.
2: Yeah.
3: Holy shit. they had, They had their own paper legend fests.
2: They had their own, yeah, they band. did, the and
3: they had the American most incredible amazing. art. Oh my god, yes. Oh yeah, like... Timus, is, Timus is on my list here, so don't worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, image hosting is definitely on the list of of grievances and pet peeves because, like you said, Ao3 doesn't have inbuilt image hosting. Um, so that's already a reason why there's fewer art on Ao3, and also the reason why we don't have. I'm sorry to say it. We have no statistics segment in this episode because there's no point in accumulating statistics off of AO3 because there's like the AO3 um, art population is not representative of the fandom, but also the art representation of, of fandom on LJ is gone. And Tumblr is just, I mean, neither LJ or Tumblr are easily quantifiable the way that AO3 would be. So sorry, no stats in this episode. I lost sleep over this, I can tell you. Then, I mean, then you have Tumblr, but Tumblr's now a little over a year old sex ban, let's call it that, has driven away a lot of artists or have censored them because now, quote unquote, pornographic content is no longer allowed on Tumblr. And Tumblr is very. Those nipples.
4: The female female
1: presenting (laughs) nipples. Listen, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a farce, but that also, that already means that fewer art gets posted to Tumblr. And that, of course, I mean, Tumblr is pretty good for image hosting in general because apart from the terrible habit to, what is it, shrink it down and then enlarge it again, which fucks with the quality. At least you have a sort of permanent link of the, of the image.
4: But at some point, um, I think when they introduced the, um, HTTPS there, at that point, all URLs from, of all pictures changed as well. Cause I was using Tumblr as my image hosting always for my, for my posts on AO3. And then I had to go back to Tumblr to get the new URLs for all my pictures. They don't tuck you up as often, but they have means yeah, to do fair. as okay. well.
1: And then, of course, we have in theory we have Pillowfort, but their image, like Pillowfort, is still you know in baby clothes, and their image hosting is still somewhat limited, from what I know, because you know, like I said, they're just they're just starting out. They're still they're just they're still babies, and even Tumblr had to work its way up to what it has now. Um, so yeah, it's just it's terrible, and you can't even rely on pay. Like back in the good old days of uh, when Life Journal was still uh, a place where fandom happened. You had Photobucket, which worked really well. Uh, Flickr was an option. There were many image hosting sites that were free and gave you a large amount of space. But of course, none of these work anymore because Photobucket is just a trash fire. Flickr has become a trash fire. Everything is basically just a trash fire. So unless you have independent hosting of your own, and not everyone is able to, like, financially able to have that, then you're basically fucked.
4: Um, I have to ask, uh, Em and, uh, Cello, where do you host your stuff? Um, so, how
3: did this start? A long time ago. Uh, in a land a far away. Fandom friend. Yeah. <laughs> in a time of myth. In the land of Mibbit chat. There was a, um, ah, shit, I don't remember her name, but she was, she was in school and, uh, you know how sometimes when you're in college, you get, um, a little chunk of internet to put your stuff up onto. Yeah. And they gave her so much and she was like, I'm never going to use all this. Uh, do do you, she came to me and was like, you want to post your stuff on it? I'm like, yeah, sure. And then. Albie was having, Albi Mangroves was having some problems with her hosting. I said, well, come on, join the party. And then Altocello was like, come on, join the party. It's like and a
2: then, fandom commune. Yeah. <laughs> and then,
3: or, then the original owner, uh, she, she just, I don't know if maybe she was out of school or she just was like, ah, I can't be arsed with this anymore. She actually transferred the rights of that chunk of internet over to, uh, to Albi. And so now we run it ourselves. <laughs> so, uh, it's, so it's cool. at, it's at Inkwell Fiction, but, but which is just a an empty spot that just kind of you know links out to us, our our branching spots on the internet. So yeah, we it's it's basically like a little GoDaddy site. That yeah, we have on, on I know spot. that
1: um yeah. some podfickers use archive.org to host a podfic, and I think they might also be able to. Host images, so that's probably some worth looking into. Archive.org.
4: I'm, I'm hosting my my stuff for Ao3 now on MediaFire. I get like I don't know 50 GB or is it more by now? I don't know, but it's lots of space. As long as I only use it like for graphics and anything. I haven't run out of space to put stuff there, and you can always easily um, use links from there to at least display them somewhere else. And I don't think um, it it doesn't show your username or anything. Okay.
1: okay. So those are some good resources. Amazing.
3: We have some really good fests, which I'm sure we'll cover here soon. Uh, Paper Legends being one of the bigger ones... Back in the day. And when artists would post their summer, or sorry, when writers would post their summaries up, looking to, you know, catch a, catch an artist, they would say, no, no manips, no manips, no anime style, please. So artist gatekeeping, basically. Or yeah, or author gatekeeping saying, no, we, I don't want your style. Or they say, no pod, no pod fix, no fix, no vids. I only want, uh, it was even so cheeky, they'd be like, you know, like, I only want good artists.
1: <laughs> oh, oh my god, did someone actually those. say that? Yes, oh, yeah, several, yeah. many. Oh yes. What a yeah, fucking no Photoshop. Douchebag. I'm sorry. No Photoshop? No
3: Photoshop. Because they, they, they immediately think Photoshop is like, like the really gaudy head chopped ah. off onto somebody else's body with shit lighting. But we all know that you can get some really beautiful Photoshop manipulations going on, like we've seen your work, bro. and <laughs> you, know, you know what's up. Uh, so yeah, but that stuff immediately was a huge turnoff because, as someone who's multi tech like I can do some pretty nice manipulations, and they're like, no manips. I'm like, well, you don't even know what I can do. Yeah, I can do some pretty yeah. amazing fucking stuff if you give me some Photoshop. I mean, <laughs> I'm an Academy Award winner and vogue for, for no. Exactly.
0: You just turn into guys for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Academy Award with Advigory. <laughs> like, that that sounds more like the
1: troll to be honest.
0: <laughs> well just it kinda sounds like every kind of family film where there's an old dude, you know, it's just sort of like Academy Award with Advigory.
3: I was pulling my Winston Torch hell. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> we'll never
0: surrender. <laughs>
4: Oh, man. But yeah,
3: that sort of attitude from from authors was really grating. And shoot, might have to edit this, but I'm trying to remember if it was... I'm pretty sure it was Gwentastic. Like, single-handedly, yeah. like, was crusading, being like, fuck you, Photoshop's are real
2: art. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she was. And, and okay, she was honest, was. Her, watched, her, yeah oh yeah I was still, Gwen. Yeah. Yeah, I was all right <laughs> yeah that was Gwen and Gwen did some really incredible absolutely amazing stuff and she'd spend I, I mean days weeks on these things uh, to the point where they were indistinguishable you'd think that it was a real photograph I mean it's just incredible um but it, I mean it was so off-putting that that I know I speak for amp too we we would not it didn't matter how good your summary was we would not choose you based on your attitude Toward, you're gonna diss the art world in general. It's like, do I want to work with you, or are you gonna be this controlling with what I'm trying to make? Yeah, for you? and it's not and a like good honestly,
1: look. if there's <laughs> an author who has a very specific idea of what they what they want out of an artist, they should just go to that artist and ask for collaboration. Because Big Bang, like yeah. at least after and Big Bang allows pre-matching. So if you like, I knew that when I wrote my first Merlin Big Bang. I knew I wanted to work with Rue. So I went to Rue and I was like, listen, would you maybe interested, be interested in maybe possibly, maybe working with me? (laughs) Please? Maybe? And Rue was, no, (laughs) no, she said yes, obviously. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Um, so, but you know, I had a, I knew what I wanted out of that. And again, with my second big bang where I did, um, this, uh, road of ruins uh, fusion thing i knew i wanted like whimsy catcher's sort of gritty art style because like just if you if you look at her art like it always feels a little bit like gritty i i have no other way to describe it and it's just like i knew i wanted that for my big bang so i went after whimsy and i was like would you maybe possibly maybe consider working with me please maybe Um, And she also said, yeah, so I got very lucky twice. Um, So like if you want a very specific art or artist to work with, go and ask them. But don't try to limit the options down to this one artist because I can guarantee you this artist is not going to work with you just because you're being a douchebag (laughs) in your art request.
2: Well, and and leave yourself open to the possibility that this other person could make something really amazing for you. And if they don't, that's on them, not you, right? And it's okay. And it's okay. But I mean, you just have to leave it open to the idea that somebody else might make something you really weren't expecting and it's absolutely perfect. Yeah,
0: I've had that kind of happen when I commissioned. Like, I've only commissioned. One piece of fan art ever but I will definitely like be doing more from like this specific artist next time I see them but I asked um so I met this artist at a con and they commissioned something for me on the spot they just like hand drew something for me and I loved it and so when they opened up commissions on their Instagram I was like right (laughs) I would really like you to do this really specific thing and I gave them like like a 200 word like synopsis of what I would like them to do and they were so like good about it and they sent me like a draft and there was like a little detail in it that I would never have considered and I'm not very good with change so it was a little difficult for me at first to be like oh hang on that's not how I pictured it but then I looked at it and I was like Oh my God, like this kind of makes me feel more feels than I thought I would. And then I loved it. So I think, yeah, definitely be open to the idea. And that's coming from me. And I don't, I'm not open to yeah, ideas. Yeah. Like so, from, from yeah. an author's perspective, collaborating
1: with an artist can be so immensely rewarding. Like the, like just talking to the artist, getting their impression of what you're working on, working in their, like their ideas. It's just, it can be so amazing and add depth to to your writing as well. So it's just like, that's what a collaboration is. You inspire and influence each other. And then the sum of that thing is just something so incredibly beautiful that it will make readers cry. And that's just the best when they cry and
0: key smash in the comments. I love making people (laughs) cry. (laughs) <laughs> me too i know too. i can't do it like with with drawing but i love making people cry with vids so i relate to everyone you. <laughs> like i don't know would you guys say i mean i assume you probably would say the same thing like if you could get a visual reaction from someone every single time would that be like a million times more rewarding like say that everyone just had like a gif of their face like when they look at your art yes heart. yes yeah, it's, it's- yeah. Would it not be super upsetting honest. though if they were just scrolling through stuff and like internally they were screaming, but they had a resting face and then you'd be like, why didn't you cry? <laughs>
1: I mean, you you know that not everyone is going to react strongly uh, physically yeah, or yeah. even just at all, or even not everyone going looking at your art is going to like it. So you have like, if you yeah. were going to get a reaction image of every person who ever looked at your art, you would have to brace for the fact that some people would go look at it, shake their head, and keep scrolling because they didn't like it. You just have to...
2: <laughs> Honestly, based on the hit-kudo ratio on everything I have on AO3, I would say that um, 90% of people just don't give a shit. Honestly. Because that's... If I'm doing well, I have a 10% kudo to hit ratio. To that's be, to be fair,
1: well. hits on AO3 mean well, nothing. Not. Um,
2: because it I'm talking about when it first comes out, right? So I'm not talking like 10 years later. Cause yeah, I know at some point people just come back to look at it and they can't leave more kudos, which AO3. They, they could also <laughs> just, you know what
1: a, what a real cool hack for leaving more kudos is. It's called leave a comment. Leave a comment. And you can literally just say <laughs> extra kudos in the comment and that will be enough. Like I have received comments yeah. like that and it's just, you know, it's. That's that's great. At least you love the comment because that's also going to give my stats a nice boost because then I have one more comment and if people sort by comments, I will <laughs> automatically be a little higher up because someone took the time to leave a comment that said, extra kudos. And then I can comment on that, and like reply to that and be like thank you very much. And that's another additional comment. Yeah. And that's how you hack
0: AO3.
3: Um... <laughs> I don't I don't know if it's um just because of the nature of my industry, but I actually find negative criticism really helpful. Okay. And there was a little bit in twenty eleven, there was a little spot on the internet that you could get it if you were in my own Oh, are you
1: are we talking about the Anon meme?
3: You it's betcha. called Avalon Anon, <laughs> it still
1: exists.
3: Yeah. Yes it does. And back in the day, there was a um, a whole thread just for just shitting on ficking art. Actually, not even just shitting on There was some good stuff, too. But going through, and my name had come up, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. And, and I actually learned, like, and yeah, I mean, some of it's really like, oh, dang. And some of it's like, yeah, awesome. They liked it. And some of it's like, hey, I have that exact same complaint. And
2: so what I do to get my criticism is, is i have a a group of people that i use as betas and i will i will bounce it off of them and so i will say that once i've posted the work i'm not going to change anything in it and so constructive criticism is good up to a point because it's not going to improve that piece any i'm not going to go back and change it because someone said does it not reflect on
0: future projects though like for example if it was like a style like, like i don't know like how it works with art but i guess if if you're doing something consistently, that's kind of a bit, uh, is it not something that would be able to be changed for future projects and would be helpful, like later down the line, if there's constructive that, criticism,
2: that's what I'm relying on, on my betas and my, yeah, other, cool for, and, okay. and I'm lucky enough to have a great set. I've got Amp, I've got Albie, I've got, um, someone named Rennie Milkstrasse. She's awesome. Um, and, um, another friend who, uh, mostly she quilts but she also <laughs> she's done pod fic and she mostly she quilts. And she's just got a she quilts um she has art quilts and she has a really really great eye for color and composition she's crap for figure drawing right she doesn't know anything about anatomy um but that's what albie is for albie is amazing at, at anatomy and so is rennie and so i between all of them i and there's this it's, I don't even want to say it's unspoken. There's this explicit agreement between all of us that if they show us something and we don't like it, yeah, we say, "Why?" Yeah, exactly. And if, if it doesn't seem right, we we go, "Here's what you could do to fix it." We redline stuff all the time for each other, unless you know. And and it makes everything I do so much better. And I expect them to call me out on it. And I'm the biggest piece of advice I've got for any budding fanars out there. Is find yourself a really crack team of betas, just people that you trust to, to not blow smoke up your butt and tell you, eh, that looks weird. I'm not reading that. Um, and trust that they're not saying it because they don't like you. And it's not because they don't like the work. It's that they think it could be better. And that's, I think the best way to get your own input. It's, it's not. And then you can just, because I am putting it up there. I'm not, I'm putting it up there for people to enjoy. And so I'd like to know if people enjoyed it. And if. If folks really want me to improve, they're free to reach out to me and contact me and say, hey, when you did privately, hey, when you did that, maybe you could do this. Doing it publicly is is difficult because for some people, that's a real shaming moment. Exactly. So yeah. so I know your
3: weaknesses and uh, know your weaknesses and know your strengths and find someone who can help you with your weaknesses like that's right. Like you're really good. Like I was, oh, I'm still kind of shit at shading and lighting sources so i'm always like cello beta this for shading for me please and she's like well you got wrong here i'm
2: like thank you well but i don't need
3: a beta for my composition and anything like that i'm pretty good with compositions so
2: amazing with composition and i did a piece this summer where i um i really needed help trying to tell the story with it it was a still image and i needed it to tell a story and i had i've never done comics and so i'm like how do i make it do this and she just lays it out i'm like oh shit yeah that that's great um, because I'm, I'm not great at that, you know, I'm okay at composition, but I'm not great at, at like a comic style thing. And this really needed to be a comic style thing. Um, and so I tapped her and it, yeah, you just, you find people that can help you and you find a good community. You build your little community.
3: Yeah. Like I was saying with um, that, anon non-meme, they were saying that amps in a fandom where if you copy porn, you'll get recommended more because we are a horny bunch. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, cuz at that time I wasn't drawing a lot of I wasn't drawing any porn. And so I saw that and I'm like, "Oh, really? Is that true?" So I started drawing porn all of a sudden the numbers started going up. I'm like, "Oh, you oh. <laughs> are <laughs> oh, horny
0: projects." Oh, I have a here. question here. Is there a fandom that isn't like that? I I, don't I, I, don't know, th- I know. think
1: <laughs> Good Omens is not like that. Oh no. They have oh, OTP. no.
0: Like they Yeah, have but they are but they are OTP people.
1: It's very um, asexual coded. So I feel like yeah. the aces are more over that. I don't know. I'm not really in that fandom, be. so I wouldn't know. Oh,
2: oh well, the art I see is very okay. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Fair <laughs> enough. There's um, yeah, no. There, there is definitely enough smut in that. Okay. Oh, yeah. in so that. basically
1: every fandom is just a bunch of horny people, which is not surprising. Oh okay. I no. Mean, yeah, I just say...
0: Oh, yeah, no. fair enough. <laughs> That's true.
1: Um, I had more notes on um, collaborations, because... Um, like, especially collaborations through fests like Big Bang. Because if your author drops out, then you're basically fucked. Because even though you can post your art by yourself, um, if the challenge allows it, um, it really depends on how well-known your author was or is or how well-known you are because you'll probably lose a lot of traffic if you're just posting your art without the accompanying fanfiction. If you're even allowed to post your art without the accompanying fanfiction. Or, like, maybe your art won't make any sense without the story so you're not even bothering to post it. Yeah, that's so pretty what
2: happened you, with me. Yeah, you had that happen two or oh, three times sucks. in a row. But the fest uh-huh. was really... Oh, it was so bad. Was really good about making sure that you could, you could post what you had finished. And then I want to say at least the one time you got permission from the writer to use the snippet that inspired the piece. Mm -hmm. And so by and large, I'd say Merlin really has been pretty accommodating in making sure that, that the art gets posted. Just the bummer is you always go dead last. So you've had it, the art done for like a month and a half. And you're just sitting there waiting in la-la land for the mods to get around to putting your stuff up or for your posting date right. to show up. Right. Which is super frustrating because you work really hard on it and you loved it. And then the person bailed on you and now you're like the leftovers.
3: Um, I was going to say also when Cello says three times in a row, she didn't mean three years in a row. She meant three times in the same fest, in the same fest. Yeah. I, I, I went writer's dropping out constantly. Like, what is going yeah, on? Your, so
2: Your first, second, and third choice all died. Yeah. Yeah. I was not about dying, to say, they know. did not, not die, literally die, did they? They did not no. literally die, but but the pick the right. died. We will know. pour one out
3: Just, for Tex later, okay? Just, okay, we'll Tex is, is a special case.
2: Text
3: yes.
1: Is
3: a special case. Um, I was going to say, though, that... T- The, the, yeah, sitting on a, on your art for a long time, you know, kind of points to another issue that we have, which is the whole, how those kind of collaboration fests are really geared in the writer's Mm -hmm. favor, where a writer has eight months to write their, Uh their story, and they only give the artist one Mm -hmm. month. Because that's how Paper Legend used to be, if I recall, that the matchups would happen on July 1st and posting would happen in August. Yeah. So everything was always tilted towards the writers. And it, it took us a while to complaining to finally get them to be a bit more generous with the time to make the matchups, you know, happen in May instead
2: of July. And yeah. Just, uh, I, I I just quit. I Well, one, my, the, the mad rush just to claim prompts was uh, it was, I, I literally had to get up at 4 a.m to do it because if i had gotten up at my youth being this is time zone whoa um very much everything was uk style yeah yeah it was all on uk time and so it opened up and it was you know a, a convenient time in the uk but it was the middle of the night for me and if i wanted to have any choice at all i had to be up at crazy hours to submit the thing um and then i didn't have very much time to work on it and i did some great work that year but for all the other years, what I would do minus, I guess I did, I did claiming again a couple of years ago, but I, I just got to know enough people that I'd reach out and I just put, put myself out there and say, Hey, you know, artist looking for a writer. I don't want to do this in May and June. I don't have time. I've got kids. They're out. It's summer. We're doing stuff. I got to get working yeah. on this now. And I would hook up with someone as a collaborator. Well, yeah. And because I just, and that's something mind.
1: I've been, I've been observing in this fandom is that there is a lot of pre-matching in, in ACBB at least. Um, in part probably for the same reason that you said that just, um, claiming is just, um, it's just a, such a rush. Like you just have to scramble to get, you know, quote unquote good one. Um, and to get started, but also just if you want to have enough time, hopefully, if you pre match with an author, you will get sent snippets throughout already and you can start working on those. Sometimes you get to, uh,
3: you get to help in the writing process too. You have ideas, you yeah, come out there and they'll incorporate yeah.
1: it. So, just, yeah. just that's definitely one of the um advantages to pre matching, but of course, it's not really how the big bangs are. Well, I, I'm I'm saying are supposed to it. to work because they're they're a fan made up concepts for a challenge. But like, um, the the concept of a big bang was that you know an an artist picks a summary that they like and then they art for it and 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 it's a surprise. And, a surprise. So and like is? another problem with the pre matching is that of course a lot of the times the the well-known artists are paired with the well-known authors. And then the lesser-known artists don't get to work with the better-known authors. Or the other way around, the lesser-known artists, uh, authors don't get to work with the better-known artists. So it's a bit unequal, let's say. And um so that's... I mean, I'm honest. I prefer... Pre-matching because it's a lot of stress waiting, waiting to be picked by an artist, and then what if you don't get picked because they don't like your your story concept, um, or you know it's just I also like being able to work with the artist and getting their feedback on things and sending them stuff in between and then getting reactions like ah I can't believe you wrote that, um, <laughs>
3: you know so. What I used to do is I would pick, I would, I would plot my time and plan it that I would have one pre-match and one yeah. match. That way, like I could just take out, like the pre-match ended up being like the safety net in case mm-hmm. the uh, the other one dropped out because the I find that the matches tend to drop because <laughs> they they don't have like the 5K in time and it's like ah oh, Jesus, but um but that way it would all it also let me. You know, work with somebody new and and get somebody I've never met, and you know that's how you meet random friend friends. Is you work, you collab, and you you sweat and stress through a big bang together, and you come out on the other
2: ends as best buddies. And yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, you don't get and that I, when you... And I had some great experiences doing that. I mean, I met some really fun people. And other people I worked with one person on a Merlin RPF big bang and never heard from him again. But that's okay because it oh. was fun. And I mean, you know?
1: Rue has matched with. Ivali several years in a row because you guys work so well together, right?
4: Yeah, and we talk like constantly every, I don't know, other month or so because she's so busy too uh, because, of she, because of her kids. But we are like friends now because we found each other by the feast. That's really, really awesome. So now we pre match as well, but maybe not nah. next year.
3: At least we sure so. picked a hell of a fandom though because Merlin has such great possibilities for fandom. Like you can go in the past, you can go in the future, you can do in the, ca- in the cat, you can do AUs here and AUs there. And they're so easily put into any situation. You're really That's lucky true. with that. Yeah, that is indeed very true.
1: We're still on pet peeves um, because there, I mean, I don't know if this is a pet peeve for you guys, but like, I, I imagine it might be. Because visual art is very quickly judged. There's a certain pressure to create, you know, quote-unquote good art right from the start. Which sort of ties into what we were just talking about. So, like, art, I mean, artists among themselves will support other artists. Because you all know that, you know, um, your art styles are evolving. And every art style has its own merit. And there is beauty to be found in any kind of art. But like outsiders, like people who aren't artists, might dismiss an artist if they are not, you know, again, quote unquote, as good as some other or like some of the more popular artists in fandom. So I feel like this is an issue that fic writers don't encounter as much because people are much more open to reading or at least skimming through a fake where they only somewhat like the writing style and still give it kudos or even a polite comment. But with like visual art it's consumed so quickly, like at literally just a glance and it either passes or fails. Do you experience that? Do you feel that way? Or is that just me? Well, I
2: think that's fair. And I think that maybe other artists might give better constructive feedback on that rather than, dude, you suck. Or you, you know, you draw like a 13 year old. Well, maybe they are 13. You know, that's and that's OK. It's OK to draw like a 13 year old when you're 13. It's OK to draw like a 13 year old when you're 26. You just get yeah. better.
1: Your, your art um, practice might just be a 13 year old. Like.
2: Right. Yeah. Every, people come to things at different stages yeah. in their lives. And and I have a I know more than one person who goes, I could never draw that. I might. Like, Maybe you couldn't draw it now. But I mean, if you practice, it's just like anything else. If you practice, you're going to get better at it. Same with writing. Same yeah. with music. Same with anything. You're going to get better at it if you practice. So for anyone out there who, and we're all very, very, very self-critical, you know, and putting art out there can be a deeply personal thing.
1: Yeah, Um, very scary.
2: And that too, I think is very scary because you're putting a a piece of yourself in something you either, that you really love because to work on a piece of art and to finish it, you really have to want to.
1: And people are douchebags. Uh,
2: And then to share it and people can be douchebags which is goes back to the i think this is why fandoms sort of reverted to mostly just giving constructive feedback because if you don't if you really diss on someone they won't post exactly. more you'll you'll just shame them right out of the fandom and that's not that's yeah, not cool exactly um and especially when you're a, so a beginning artist who's really fragile you you don't want to do that cuz you never know what they could do mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, that's, but at the same time, it's also really easy. If you do like it, just leave us key smash. Yeah. You don't have to be erudite.
3: <laughs> don't, don't use that
2: big words. Okay.
3: Don't use such big words. No, <laughs>
2: don't, you don't need to use, and you don't have to talk about composition and lighting and line stroke yeah. and, and, and depth and, and shading and button you don't, you can just go, Oh my God. Yeah. That Although works, oh, I Wow. Although
1: I used to follow an artist, whose name I won't mention, um, who got upset when people would only say, oh, I like this, or like just tell them, oh, this is beautiful, instead of telling them exactly what it was that they liked about it. And I'm just, I'm like, not everyone knows how to speak art. And a lot of people will just, like, they're... Their dominant feeling when they look at it will just be like, ooh, I experience a positive emotion, and they might not be able to even put into word what the emotion is or why they're experiencing it. They're just experiencing it um and so i was I was a little bit put off by that artist because they kept saying that you know they want people to go into detail as to like they don't want um. Kudos. They don't want people to just say I liked it. They want to have details as to why they liked it. And I'm just like, dude, I get where you're coming from, but that's the kind of feedback you get from other artists, not from people who just look at your
2: art. Yeah, it oh, sounds well, like it, they need a beta. Yeah, it sounds like they need yeah. a beta. if they need, yeah, if they need to know why people like it. I will say personally, myself, and I cannot speak for anyone else. Yeah, uh, I, you all know I love it when I make people incoherent. Um. But I also and I and I, I don't mind any kind of any comment is a good comment. I do love to hear why people like. Yeah, I do really like the things that caught. I like hearing. Oh, yeah. Caught your eye. But if you can't put that into words, I don't care if you literally just key smash at me. You've yeah. made my day. Exactly. And and that's that's all that's all I need. I can't speak for other people, but I, I that's about all you could expect. The fact that anyone leaves a comment is wonderful. But if you want to see more of someone's work, if you want someone the same way, if you want someone to write more. You need to let them know you liked it because if you don't tell them that they're going to think, well, nobody cares. Why am I doing this? I mean, other than for your own self, because sometimes there's just a bunny that won't, it just keeps eating at your ankle and you, you can't,
3: especially nowadays when comments are like a drop of water in the desert. It's yes. Like, Please, anything. give.
1: To yeah. Me. Like a lot of people don't understand that comments are the currency with, with which you buy more fan works. It's just,
0: yeah. Um, it depends, like, the, no amount of comments would have been able to get me to finish my WIP <laughs> because I just didn't have the time okay. or creativity but to in, do it. So there are some fakes that are just dead in the world. Yeah, water, but in you know general, I mean? like, Lee, like, it's, it's just, um, I want
1: to say statistically proven, but I can't actually back that up with numbers. But I know, <gasps> I know, it's shocking. But, like, <laughs> no, but but I'm sure you're right. I'm, I'm, I'm sure pretty sure it's right. statistically yeah. proven. If someone bothered to actually run the numbers, that if you leave, Um, comments for any kind of fan work creator like leave them comments and let them know that you enjoyed their work that it's going that it is going to motivate them to keep making more because clearly people like what they're (laughs) doing and people are appreciative of it so of course you're more motivated to do something instead of like if people don't react at all or react negatively the entire time yeah
0: I did just quickly want to say something about the detailed comment thing because I I can definite I think the kind of feedback that someone re, uh, receives and whether or not they like it or would prefer a different one probably depends a lot on how they themselves enjoy things because for example I get really caught up in the details like I have a notebook filled with like favorite quotes because like individual like things can really capture my attention and. I like like to obsessively look into like the details of things and like analyze and all that kind of stuff. So details really get really me going. do they? So I, That's completely yeah, news to I me. I know, right? <laughs> exactly. So when someone would leave a comment on my fic, and actually a lot of people did this, I was re- like, it was kind of like I just would want to cry because I was like, they be you know, and some of them were my friends, but some of them were just people that found the fic. They would like copy and paste like lines from the fic and they would kind of do not like a live reaction in full but a live reaction in part and yeah I'm not gonna lie and say that those weren't my favorite comments to receive because it's the way I experience joy so it's like yeah that's like my love language you're speaking (laughs) now I'm not saying that's gonna be the same for every creator but I think that the more specific you make your comment for me the more I'm gonna appreciate it and I I I would imagine that those people that are like, no, 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 tell me why you like it are probably not doing it out of a sense of entitlement, although it does sound that way. Um, it's probably because they're just like, Oh, because this is this is the way I understand it. It's like, no, 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 but which bit, you know, which is why I don't leave many comments, because I never have time to go into the detail I want, because I'm all about the detail. Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes I have to set aside time to go back. And then remember, because I'm like, no, I don't just want to be like, uh, I want to actually go and say, no, no, but this bit made me really and this bit and this bit, because like, I would feel like I'd done a shit job if I hadn't gone into all that detail. But I think it just yeah. depends how you know, I, I definitely relate to that. But uh, one
1: way I found to, to do that with like, for example, my pod fit covers, um, a lot of the time I try to put... Um, details in there that I know most people won't notice because it's just something very specific that I thought of when I, when I made this cover that was just an important detail to me personally for this story. But uh, a thing I do is I then in my reader free talk at the end of the podfic I will talk about that cover. I will talk about the details in that cover and why they are important to me. Or if I'm just posting an individual cover for someone else's podfic, which I've also done, I will also then in the notes or in the post talk about the cover and the process and how I came to make this cover, and then hope that someone else might pick up on that. So I just you, you and cello are kindred
3: spirits. Yeah,
1: I just I I love process. Yeah, notes. I just
3: she loves just, all her notes. I
1: just I just want like because I know that that I put details into things that other people don't notice and i've i've given up on the expectation that people should notice them just because i noticed them um and i just like you know what i'm just gonna tell people (laughs) i just like fuck it i'm just gonna tell people and then they can tell me how clever i am it just it works out for everyone (laughs) you know well i always worry that i talk too much oh no don't don't worry about that I imagine worrying
0: if you talk too much. <laughs> imagine imagine having that self awareness.
1: Certainly. <laughs> you should not have a podcast
0: <laughs> if you were that kind of person.
2: <laughs> for for me. Well, but I mean in, in terms of getting in the way of people enjoying the art. So I, I I've had to to um pare them down a lot and I try to stick them below the art. And then if people want to see it they can. But that way they can just look at the art and if they want to read the notes, they can But go ahead, Ann.
3: I was going to say, uh, for me, the top tier galaxy brain comment that I can receive is, I want to write a fic about for this. Yes! Yes." (laughs) Give to me!
4: Yeah, I bet. And if it's, if it's actually happening, it's even better. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah.
1: I'm sure. Um, okay. I think this can conclude our pet peeves and grievances list unless you guys have some that we haven't covered yet.
3: Um, just artist drought, but that's just an artist thing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know,
3: like everybody has that. Yeah.
1: Sometimes, sometimes art just does not happen.
4: Uh, minor pet peeve with Tumblr, then you um, yeah, post how they compose them when you Post um, via the mobile app that every post that's supposed to be a photo post or image post is turned into a text post and yet the whole picture gets distorted ah, and yeah it's so shitty to view that stuff when you're on desktop and I hate this
1: but do you actually post your works through the Tumblr app instead of on desktop i would
4: I would I would never But uh, nowadays, there are so many um, artists who do post um, their stuff in these kind of text posts, quote-unquote, that I have to believe that they use the Tumblr app to post their stuff, which I can't get behind whatsoever. Yeah. Another
3: minor gripe I just thought of is when Mm -hmm. someone's like, oh, I'm going to do a Merlin Reckless. I'm like, oh, fuck yeah, Reckless, here we go. And it's all writers.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm like oh yeah god yes oh okay yeah so the other thing where they go you see these memes running around and they're always like leave comments for your writers I'm like and artists yeah the echo from the end artists <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> oh. remember there's other creatives out there too yeah it's super frustrating because it is it's very or when a Fest is very um, writer focused and art and everything. Which, let's be all. honest,
1: is every fest. Yeah. Like, every every fest is writer focused. I would well, say. the first bang. I mean, Reverse yeah, Big bang, bang, not, but it's still. Honestly, I would say that even Reverse Big Bang is part of that because um, it's the story that brings the audience a lot of the time. Because the, because of the, the art is already previewed during, uh, during claiming. So the, you know, people who follow the, the challenge will probably already have seen the preview of the art. And if it weren't for the fake that then goes with it, they might not go back to look at the finished art. At least that's my, that's my observation of it. I might be slightly cynical about reverse Big Bang. No, though. I
2: think that's fair. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. And, and I work better from prompts, and so I've never actually participated in reverse Big Bang, so I, yeah. I really couldn't And like, say.
1: And then there was this um, telephone art game that ran on Tumblr pff, what, two years ago, which was Art Focus, which I love, which was like, you know, um, someone created a piece of art, then um, it got sent to the next person in line. They created a piece of art inspired by that piece of art, and then this new piece got sent to the next person, and they in turn created a piece. It was like, um, is it called silent telephone, something like that? That's why it's called telephone. Yeah. So, so yeah, that kind of, but just with like fan art, and then they were posted, and you could see how it basically evolved from this very first one to the last one and how it changed and how the characters may be changed and how the theme may be changed. And I, I love that.
3: I absolutely love that. It was good. And I do regret not partaking in it, but I was at a time when I had like yeah. a baby. And then, yeah, but I was like, I,
2: I really want it. look so fun. But... <laughs> and then they, see, they and ran somehow it again. I managed to miss that entirely. <laughs>
1: yeah. But see, they ran that again. And then they... But the second time, they already included writers in it. Because Boohoo, the poor writers... And I include myself in that. Although not maybe in the Merlin fandom. But like... Boohoo, the poor writers were excluded. They couldn't do that. Because uh, it was for artists only. So now they they did one. That was an art and fic telephone game. And I'm just like... Why? This worked so well as an as an art only challenge. Why Why do the writers have to be part of every fucking thing? So, and that's just, that's, it was actually on my list of pet peeves, but I didn't want to bring it up on, unless you guys wanted to. But like, yeah, it's just a lot of challenges welcome art and will even, you know, to some degree celebrate
3: it. Um, but this is giving me deja vu. Like, this was a thing, like... Five years ago, there was some really serious fandom drama about a fest excluding some portion. I wish I could remember what it was. I must have repressed that memory hard.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't remember it either. Mm. It was weird.
3: Yeah. Anyways. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
1: There's definitely a focus on fakes broader than any other kind of fan work even fan art, in a lot of challenges. And um, if I, an adjacent you know, non-fic writer, already find that frustrating, it must be so hard for people who predominantly create not fic kind of fan works.
3: Well, especially when we're looking at fests, and I'm like, hey, what art fests do we have? There's none. We don't really have art fests. Okay, what art communities do we have? We have one. (laughs) I'm like, yikes. Yeah. Like, yeah, we really don't have too much representation as our own, like, little art yeah. uh, coven.
1: <laughs> yeah. Right, guys, I think this is all of the list of grievances and pet peeves that we could come up with on the spot. Um, maybe we'll we'll figure out some more later. But for now, given that it is now a lot later in the recording than we all anticipated, we decided to cut this episode at this point and split it into two parts and come back in a few weeks. We haven't quite decided yet how many uh, to bring you the second part of this fan art specific episode, which means that we are going to make the rounds and everyone gets to say where they can be found on social media. I mean, we all know by now that El Tocello is on all the social media.
2: Uh, ha, ha. Yes,
4: actually,
1: I am. <laughs> so Instagram, Ao3, Tumblr.
4: I'm so consistent. Yeah,
1: I mean that's great. People always know where to find you. Um, okay, but please, guys, tell tell the listeners where they can find you if they would like to find you.
2: I guess that means I'm supposed to go first. Okay, so yeah. I'm Alto Cello and you can find me on Twitter as at Alto Cello. You can find me on Instagram as Alto Cello. I'm also on Tumblr as Alto Cello. Uh, I have an LJ that's mostly dead that redirects to my dream with it's Alto Cello. I'm on PillowFort as Alto Cello and I'm on DeviantArt as well. As Alto Cello. As Alto Cello. Mm. Okay. Amph. I'm
3: um, yeah, so I'm on Twitter at Amp. You're not going to find any art there though, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, art-wise though, uh, LiveJournal has a lot of my old stuff in it. And I don't really post there anymore because there's just been no feedback at all on there, so I you know, it's fine. But it, old stuff's still there. Um, older stuff's on DeviantArt. Um, newer stuff is getting posted to AO3. This is all under Amphigory. Uh, the only one that falls out of that is Tumblr, which is Dash art and again I don't really post there ever since the whole kerfuffle with the, you know, mature stuff not allowed. Oh, geez. So and I'm on uh, Pillowfort at Amphigory as well, and uh, just a one-up cello there. I have a Twitch as well <gasps> where I do live live streaming of art. Nice. Because she's cool. Yeah. Well, I find that if I have people watching me, I can't dick around on the internet.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I, keep, I think it's okay. It keeps I love me it. honest. That's, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, accountability twitch. twitch. It's your accountability
3: yeah. twitch. I'm in a bit of a slump, though. I think uh, in February here, I should be getting uh, some new art programs to mess around with. So hopefully, I can, you know, start messing around again, get some art churned out. And yeah, stop by, stop by on Twitch. Get get a Twitch account if you want to chat. And uh, I think you can. There's a donation button on there too if you want to slip some some money. I have uh, some Merthyr themed or Merlin themed uh little notifications that pop up when stuff happens, so that's fun. So we'll see what happens.
4: Okay. And
3: that's at Amphigory uh, on
4: Twitch. Okay. So Brew. Brew. Yeah. Um. It's uh, brew and people on tumblr i have an id that's pretty empty at the moment it's underscore broland keep someone else has that username just broland keep i'm dying to find that person somewhere else so i can ask for the username but i haven't found them yet anywhere um i have a twitter broland keep and i post my some of my stuff on ao3 under just blue r-o-u yeah that's it Oh, and I have actually a YouTube channel, also Brolinski, but just 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 one video, um, the camel at night. I was about to
1: say, I know which one that is. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
1: okay,
0: Rox. Cool. I'm Miss Snowfox, and I'm in uh, a few places, but the where I'm kind of most active at the moment is I'm on Instagram quite a lot. So Miss Snowfox is my regular kind of. Uh, normal life username and then miss snowfox cosplays is where i post all of my cosplays and i'm uh not very active on tumblr right now because i'm trying to avoid manga spoilers eternally but i am on discord quite a lot wonderful okay so you can find or
1: request fanwork recommendations from me on that's what momotastic likes on tumblr or Reese's on how to create your own fanworks even fan art on creative agusso the theme music for this podcast was created by Sidesteppings, originally for my lesson. Any additional music or sounds used in this episode come from freesound.org. The man-up on our cover was made by Brolin Skeep, who is here today. And the cover was made by me. And next time, Woo! we will be talking more about fan art and give you a lot of recommendations and some more interesting discussion topics. Until then, we've had the guests, Academy Award winner, Amphigori.
0: Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) Music expert extraordinaire, Alticello. Thank you for having me. And Photoshop
0: sorceress,
1: Brolin's Keep.
0: Thanks for having me.
1: (laughs) My name is Momotastic.
0: And I'm Miss Snowfox.
1: And we'll talk to you soon.
0: Bye! Bye!
3: Bye! (laughs)